Hey, everybody, and welcome to the newest episode of the TJL Podcast. This is your host, Tyler Layfield, and today I will be having a, a former colleague of mine at uh, Georgia Southern University, uh, Jackson Caudell. also worked with him a little bit. Uh, great guy. You know, the relationships I've made, you know, both at college and in the industry, um, you know, you can't really ask for enough when it comes to that kind of stuff. But, uh, you know, met Jackson. He's now, um, you know, doing some bigger and better things. And we'll, we'll get into that here in just a second. But uh, without further ado, here's my co-host, Jackson Caldell. Jackson, introduce yourself to everybody. Hey, everybody. How's it going? Obviously, my name is Jackson Caldell. Uh, me and Tyler went to school together at Southern. And then uh, we weren't really colleagues. He was my boss. So, you know, <laughs> former, former employee. Uh-huh. So, uh, yeah, so I, I've had a, a little bit of a crazy journey. But, you know, I'm excited to, to do this today. Yeah, it's great. Great to have you. So um, as I was just kind of um, talking about, we, uh, you know, right now you're obviously, you know, starting kind of a new pathway. And, yeah. uh, you know, I kind of wanted to kind of start off with that and just to um, introduce everybody to, you know, what you're doing currently. I know that when you were working with me uh, with the Make a Man hockey team, you were kind of helping me with uh, ticket sales, community events, that kind of stuff. And you, you, know, you majored in sport management as well as myself, um, you know, at Georgia Southern. And I know from uh, when you left, uh, you know, us at the Mega Mayhem as an intern, uh, you went, went on to go to uh, Valparaiso College. Could you go into a little bit about, you know, what you learned there, you know, how that experience was, and then um, also kind of where you went afterwards? So, yeah, so after graduating Georgia Southern last last May, it's crazy, it's almost a year yeah. now, um, I went to work with Tyler in Macon for probably, what do you say, a month? Something like that, yeah, yeah, a couple months, month, some, somewhere in that range, month to then- two. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, uh, actually it was, it was crazy. I was sending out emails and stuff trying to, I've always wanted to work in football since I was a little kid and uh, Valparaiso's head coach Landon Fox, he got back with me and offered me a spot up there. It was unpaid internship, but it was kind of, I wanted to get into NFL scouting at the time and that was kind of my, going to be my way through. So I packed up and moved uh, 10 and a half hours to Valparaiso, Indiana. And that is not a fun drive. Just to let y'all know. And uh basically the summary of what I did I I was kind of like a Swiss army knife and I'm not going to try to inflate myself too much mm-hmm. here I did a lot of recruiting stuff I did mostly I just did film and evaluation you know I monitored the transfer portal stuff like that and I worked there from mid-July till this past March and uh, I kind of started to uh, kind of rethink things in, in terms of what I wanted to do. And I got an opportunity at the fan sided, which is a, a, re- a really good uh, up, up and coming site. You know, it's fan sided mm-hmm. run by the fans and stuff. They have a lot of just paid contributors. It's kind of how they go. And I was offered one of the, one of the bigger spots is just a overall college football contributor for their uh, college site, the Saturday blitz. And I took that and it's, it's been a crazy two months just with everything, you know, professionally and personally. And it's just, it's been a wild ride, but you know, now I'm doing, uh, put out articles. I try to put out two or so a day. Um, right now we're just focusing on NFL draft stuff, but I've been kind of going back and looking at past college football seasons and some games there. And, you know, I just got accepted into grad school at UGA and I'm going to try to advance my writing a little bit more. So yeah, I'm a dog now. So there you go. I thought I'd say those words, but, uh, uh-huh. But, yeah, I'm kind of advancing out. It's, it's been a crazy ride, you know, a lot of long nights writing and trying to put out as much content as possible. But I've enjoyed it every minute of it. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, you uh, so you said that right now you're going into, uh, you know, you're looking at the draft, these prospects that are yep. coming out of college currently, um, you know, and you're going through and you're looking, I'm guessing you're evaluating, you know, how they played um, at that level and how that will translate to the pros and, you know, also kind of looking at the stats and, um 
you know, how well that they will, you know, end up playing at this next level. Um, also, I know that you had mentioned um, a, a new project that you're working on. Uh, could you talk a little bit about that? Because I, I really find it very interesting. So, yes. Yeah, so um, one of the things we do at Saturday Blitz is we kind of sign up for some things. But if we have an idea come up that uh, he th we think might be a good idea for the site to put out and maybe get some views and get some more traffic on the site, you know, we always uh, mention it to our editors. So that's what I did. You know, I'm a big just college football history stats nerd kind of guy. So mm -hmm. I wanted to go back and I didn't want to go too far back, but I wanted to go back far enough to where some of the games make a difference. And I didn't want to go back beyond the BCS era. So what I started, I started in 2000. And I'm looking at the five most important games uh, of the season, not necessarily the best, most exciting games, even though generally those are the kind of games you get. Mm -hmm. And I don't do bowl games or national championship games because like, oh, that's, okay. yeah, that's yeah, obvious. So like when I do my everything. 2005 edition, you know, people, I'm sure I'm going to get comments. Well, where's USC, Texas? That has to be. Yeah. You know, the 2002 edition, which I'm just dreading writing as a Miami Hurricanes fan. You know, uh -oh. people are going to wonder, where's Miami, Ohio State? That was just a great championship a game. Yeah, so, you know. But what I've kind of been doing is, like, teams that maybe cost themselves a shot at the national title mm -hmm. and games that shape the national title race, like, and I won't get too much into it, but, you know, we were so close to having an Oregon State in the national championship, and it just it kills me that they weren't in there because, you know, that's something we all would want. So, but, it's, you know, stuff like that. And, you know, I've been kind of going back and doing those season by season. I'm actually now working on the 2002 season, but I'm kind of putting that on hold just a little bit right now mm -hmm. because, obviously, the NFL draft being Thursday. Yeah. Trying to crank out some draft profiles and some single-team mock drafts. And so that's kind of what I'm doing right now. That's awesome. So, uh, so yeah, you were talking about, you know, you had been texting me, you had been telling me about this new project yeah. and, uh, you know, you just mentioned, you know, the Oregon state thing. I, you know, I myself, you know, can't even really remember it just cause you know, we were so young at that time, you know, right. I, was, I was born in 96. So obviously I wasn't really watching football at that point in time. And, you know, um, a lot of people that were, you know, they kind of, that kind of slips through the back of your head. So, um, you know, going back and looking at those, you know, those unique, teams that you know because every now and then you just have that diamond in the rough that one that just kind of mm -hmm. pops out in, in the season what really made that Oregon State team special who did they have on that team that really uh, brought them out well see they had both Chad Johnson and TJ Hoosman's auto as, oh, wow. as, as receivers and you know the Pac-12 was such a top heavy league then you had Washington like when I look back at it Washington was mm -hmm. an 11-win team they only lost one game that year and they had a case to make the national championship yeah. Oregon was a 10-2 and team and then Oregon State was obviously 11-1. and one. After that, no team won more than six games. So it was really just kind of a down year for the Pac-12 as a whole. Mm -hmm. But Oregon State was just – they were a physical football team. You know, their head coach was Dennis Erickson, and he obviously was one known. He won two national championships at Miami in the late 80s, early 90s or so. And he kind of molded that team how he wanted to. You know, he was also – the head coach of the 49ers and that he kind of flared out in the NFL but mm -hmm. that that Oregon State team was just it was just a chippy team as a physical team and I actually went back and watched some of the games you know just kind of familiar familiarize myself and you know I found that I ranked the number one most important game in 2000 is Oregon State versus Washington and it was just it was heartbreaking to watch because that just that they've never had a shot like that since and you know mm -hmm. if, if and another thing was if Dennis Erickson wins that game, and who knows if they beat Oklahoma in the championship game, but if he does, that's his third national title. And you kind of talk about him in the the light of some of the greater coaches of the era. I mean, that's as many titles as Urban Meyer has. So, yeah, you know, that's, that's just crazy to think about. And who knows how that would affect recruiting, you know, from then on, you know, who you would end well, exactly, up playing, you know, because you're on the up and come up. Right. And, you know, Oregon State just doesn't get many chances since they've, 
they haven't been good in a very long time. And I don't know, really, you can make the argument since. You know, they kind of had the late 2000s, you know, and had Jaquiz and James Rogers and uh-huh. Brandon Cooks. And those were some fun teams. But, I mean, those were eight-win teams. Those weren't 11 wins. And, you know, that Oregon State team, it wasn't a fluke either. They went on to beat Notre Dame, who was number five at the time, I, I believe. And they beat yeah. them 41-7 to seven in the Fiesta Bowl. So Always overrated, Notre Dame. Notre Dame losing big games. Some, some, some things just mm-hmm. never change. That's <laughs> right. That's right. You know, I, and I was I was just about to ask you, you know, how, how do you go about, you know, uh, researching this stuff? And, uh, you know, I was even going to ask you, you know, do you go back and watch some of these games? Because, you know, currently mm-hmm. right now with how things are, you know, um, on these TV channels, you know, they're playing like these throwback games, you know, just like you had mentioned, you know, they, they were playing the uh, USC versus Texas game, you know, not mm-hmm. that long ago, like on ESPNU and stuff, but I'm guessing you go back, take a look at them on YouTube, look at stats, yeah. like on different sites. Um, is there anything yeah, so, else you kind of do? Yeah. So one of the things I found is a website called sportsreference.com, and it just, it gives you week, like the games week by week. And then it shows you their AP poll ranking as well as the BCS ranking. So it's, mm-hmm. and you can click on the game and you can look at the box score, the stats and just everything. like. And it was just a cool mm-hmm. find because like ESPN has kind of the summary of the games, but they don't keep the stats anymore. So it was kind of, I wanted to see, you know, was it a fluke win? You know, was it, was it something like that? How close the game was it? And that, that's been a really mm-hmm. cool find. And some of the games I didn't go back and watch every second of it. I kind of watched just, just bits, some of the highlights of them mm-hmm. because, you know, th- those games are three, three and a half hours, you know, I yeah. got to put out content. So, but it, 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 yeah, that's one of the things I really did. Sportsreference.com was just a huge help. Awesome. Yeah. So, um, let's see here. So on to the next. So yeah, you're definitely like your main focus is obviously, you know, college and everything. So, right. um, you know, moving into the NFL draft this weekend, how do you think it's going to play out? I know I've been talking, you know, um, to these recent co-hosts that I've had, you know, about this as mm-hmm. well. And, uh, just interested to hear your take, like this whole virtual, uh, draft and everything. How do you think that's going to look? How do you think that's going to be? It's going to be, I mean, interesting. I mean, I think it's this could be the most unpredictable draft that we've seen in quite some time because you didn't have any pre-draft visits for the most part. You didn't have any pro days. Yeah. You, you know, after after the I was at the NFL Combine, and after that, I mean, there was just nothing. So you, some team, some guys that may seem like safer picks, you're going to see maybe go ahead of some more talented guys. I think that's why Tua could take a bit of a slip. I don't think he'll slip yeah. that far. But if there's a guy that could slip, it could be him. You know, a guy like Andrew Thomas at Georgia, viewed as a guy that should be pretty good, maybe doesn't have a high ceiling, but he's you feel pretty safe about how he's yeah. going to be. You know, there's rumors he could be the top offensive tackle off the board, even though I don't think he's as good as, say, Tristan Wirfs from Iowa or Jedrick Wills from Alabama. But mm-hmm. I think you're going to see a lot of that. And I just think it's going to be unpredictable. I mean, some guys just, you know, may be ranked higher on those draft boards because they just didn't get to see him in person and stuff and didn't have their opinions changed. So I just I think it's going to be unpredictable. Yeah, you know, I was going to even mention it, you know, uh, people having to go off of, you know, Tua's, uh, you know, his his video being posted out there, you know, for people to see, right. you know, sent out to, um, you know, the scouts, sent out to the teams, you know, that, that's pretty tough, though, you know, having to evaluate people, you know, these, you have people like Belichick that, you know, often they'll they'll go and watch these people, these, uh, these prospects in person, you know, live, and now they're having to rely on, like, footage, you know, to go off that. I wonder how that's going to, you know, affect some things. But I, I definitely see where you're coming from. There. Well, it's also relying on those uh, kind of regional scouts, too, because those are the guys that have, like, looked at these guys all year long. And, like, really? the head coaches of the NFL, they're not going to watch film of these guys, like, 
probably till February, till after the season's over. So you're really having to rely on guys that have seen these guys before because you couldn't bring them in for pre-draft visits. This so. is going to be interesting. Yeah, their their jobs are more important now than they've ever been. That's yeah. that's awesome. Wow. So, uh, you know, you just mentioned you know that you were at the combine this past year. You know, right. um, not that long ago, and I was I was gonna. Um, ask you about, you know, those experiences that you've had, you know, with us at the Make a Man back at Georgia Southern, you know, in the sport management program, um, you know, at Valpo, you know, going to the combine with their coaching staff, um, you know, and how that's prepared you for what you're doing now. You know, what what's what have been some of the most fun experiences you've had and what have been some of the um, ones that have taught you the most, you know, up to this point? I guess it's just seeing how, like, during the season, how, like, a, a Division One uh, collegiate program looks like from the inside you know just the the day-to-day -day stuff you know most of the time my days would start 6 30 in the morning and then like Mondays and Tuesdays when the game plan's going and I wasn't necessary I, I'm I'm not gonna sit here and say it, uh, inflate myself but like I didn't really do any game plan and stuff like I said I was mostly recruiting and trying to find guys but like mm -hmm. I would be in the room and just the craft that these guys had just to every single detail and just going over everything like it just it changes your view on like well why is a certain team doing this or why is a certain team calling this play well it's probably because of how the game plan was designed and how they feel about their guys and just stuff that you don't know yeah and that's when you're in the inside like that it's just it's tough to hear noise from the outside from people that don't necessarily know what they're talking to talking about so that's kind of changed my view is like I don't really speak on that kind of stuff now I kind of tone mm -hmm. my fandom down a little bit because it kind of humbles you sitting in there and it just like it's like wow this this is what it's really like and you know the day after games coming in Sunday you know we would get in about 11 o'clock and then we would be there past midnight you know Crazy. reviewing game from the previous day and then whoever we were playing Saturday it's this time to start grinding and cutting up and, and doing that kind of thing so it was just it was cool to see just from the inside view and I learned a lot from every coach there and you know I wouldn't be where I'm at without any of them Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was, I was going to say when you were talking about, you know, learning at that small of a level, you know, being able to see it up close and personal mm -hmm. and, you know, and learn from them, you know, and how you said that you had to turn down your tone down your your fandom here recently, yeah. you know, that's something that I think all of us struggle with, you know, we're just like, why in the world are they doing this? Why is so and so in the game right now? Why yeah. are they, you know, why, 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 why are we, why are when we you're talking about different plays you want to run or how you would do things? Yeah. It's just when you got to sit down and like, it just, it's a humbling experience to see uh, some they're the brightest guys I've ever been around in terms of X's and O's. And then you've actually got to draw stuff up on the board and do stuff mm -hmm. like that. And it's just like, well, maybe I'm not as smart as I think I am. And it's just take a step back and try to, I learned a lot yeah. more about football in the past year than I thought. And I thought I was somebody that knew a little something about football just mm -hmm. growing up and watching every game that you can in your life. And it's yeah. just, wow. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so tell us about the combine. How'd that go? Like, um, you know, what all did you get to experience? Who all did you get to meet? You know, um, how was it? Well, yeah, it was, it was, I mean, it was a dream come true. I mean, when, when you walk in, like I had a, I had a pass and stuff, you know, I could sit in the lower seating, you know, where, you know, the, they put the fans way up in the higher seating at mm -hmm. Lucas Oil Stadium. And if anybody's never been there, I, it, go check it out. I mean, that, that stadium's just a 10 out of 10. It's just, it's clean. It's just, it's so nice. But uh, yeah. back to the point. Um, I met with just a lot of just the scouts from the lower level areas, but it's just sometimes I would get up and I would walk past Gary Kubiak or I would get wow. up and walk past Alonzo Highsmith. I saw John Gruden. I saw all these different guys and it's just crazy. Like you turn around and they're, they're just, they're just chilling. And it's, you see the sets of NFL live and NFL network. Like 
I locked eyes with Mel Kiper, and it may have been the greatest moment of my life just because, wow. you know, being a draft guy, you know, I just love Mel Kiper growing up. So, it, it's, a lot, it's just I was starstruck a lot of time. And I tried to tone that down a little bit because I was there to, like, try to do a job. Mm-hmm. It, was just, it, it was just a great experience. And just seeing these, like, high-level athletes in person, you know, seeing yeah. Henry Ruggs run a 4-2-8 to 40-yard dash. Like, I was That's on crazy, the field man. watching Henry Ruggs watch that 40-yard dash. I was five feet from Jerry, Judy, and Tua. Just they were just sitting there chilling. I'm sitting there watching them. It was just it was a it was a cool experience. It just really was. So what? So you talk about you know you you were there on a job. What exactly were you doing? You know at the combine, trying to meet NFL scouts and trying to wiggle my way in. And you know mm-hmm. that, that that was definitely Networking. tough because yeah, you know because you know growing up, I don't have just a ton of connections. Like I said, when I got the job at Valpo, that was just from basically cold Pure happenstance, sending out yeah. emails and. I've sent out 1,500 emails. I mean, I've sent out so many emails yeah. to so many schools just trying to get in. And it's, it's a tough job. And, you know, when I was presented with the thing at Fansided, you know, it's kind of tough to give up on your childhood dream. But sometimes, you know, it, shifting in a different direction can be good. And, and yeah. I think it was the right move. But for, for sure, that, that, was a, that was a big part of it. Yeah, so um, let's see here. Uh, yeah, I bet that was a cool thing. I remember you also, you were telling me about an experience you had when you went to like, um, a coaching conference. Is that it? Like a, like a yeah, uh, so, college, college coaching um, conference. There's a coaches convention and mm-hmm. it's generally at different places, but issues in Nashville and that's about six hours from where I live. So that, that was really cool. And I got to go there, hang out with all the coaches. And so I'm, I'm just standing there, you know, cause some of the coaches were going through drills and stuff and, I, I just give some background on me. I was a I'm a monster Miami Hurricane fan. Like it's just like dad's a huge fan. I bleed orange and green. It's so I turn around and the whole defensive coaching staff is just right there. And so I, I turned around and went and talked to them all. And it, it was they were actually you know really cool. You know that yeah. being from Valpo and stuff. They you know they didn't have to talk to me, but those were some really cool guys. And then as I'm walking out of the building one day. I just I happened to walk past Manny Diaz and he stopped and talked. I, I I got his attention and I uh, stopped and shook his hand, told him who I was, you know, what I was doing, and you know, it just meant a lot to me as just a Hurricane fan and just a football fan. And he he talked to me. For, it was just for like two minutes, you know. I didn't want to waste his time or anything. But uh-uh. and that was another place like the combine. You're just walking around and well, I saw Gus Malzahn, I saw Butch Jones, I see yeah. all these different guys, and it's just it's crazy. Yeah, you know, Manny Diaz, you know, he's a great example of, you know, a guy that started off like, you know, right, like he started off at like ESPN, production you know, assistant. doing stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like and then worked his way up to – Now he's the head coach of a major college football program. Crazy stuff, man. So, um, before we get into this draft, I know you just mentioned that, um, you know, we're about to do a, a mock draft here in a minute. But you mentioned mm-hmm. that you were a Miami fan. So, uh, you know, and I know that good and well. Um, I was going to ask you, you know, what you think about, you know, this upcoming season. You know, well, how was Miami looking this season? You know, with the schedule that they have, with the roster they have, you know, what are we looking at from this Miami team? What's going to be different this year as opposed to what happened last year for you guys? Well, for starters, we're not going to be running a 1920s offense. I mean, we're, uh-huh. we're, we're running modern-day stuff. You know, they hired Rhett Lashley away from SMU, and that was something I'm really excited about because they averaged 42 points a game last year. You know, SMU was right up there last year in terms of yeah. offense numbers and everything. I got Derek King to transfer from Houston, and like that was a big. years ago, that know, was 36 big. passing touchdowns, 14 rushing, 
nearly – I forget the, the exact passing stats, but mm-hmm. they were crazy. He doesn't turn the ball over. I mean, he was just a perfect fit for this offense. You guys got and a five-star running back coming in, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, we've got Don Chaney and Jalen Knight as two freshmen. I think they're going to make a big impact. Seriously. I mean, the one area of concern I had was I still think the offensive line is just, it's below mm-hmm. average at best. It's just it's, – it's tough to win games on offensive line like that. You guys but get any we, uh, grad transfers in or anything like that? Yeah, I mean, one of the like, – besides King, you know, one of the big guys I got was Quincy Roche. He had 13 sacks last year at Temple. Yeah. He's a, he was the, the only guy that was rated higher in terms of pass Temple, rush grades and everything right? was – yeah, he was at Temple – was Chase Young. So, Miami has the top two sack guys coming back next year because they're – a guy on their own team, Greg Russo, had 15 and a half sacks last year. So, him and Roche on the outside – Paired with a transfer that came in last year, Jalen Phillips, who was the number one overall recruit and went to UCLA, yeah. transferred to Miami. So that I think the defensive line is, is going to be just absolutely killer. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're going to have to play some leaders on the back end of the defense. You know, Shaq Quarterman and Mike Pinkney were four-year starters. Yeah. Trey Bandy was was a really good playmaker at corner. But it's like most years at Miami, they have more talent than anybody in that division. But it's just being in terms of being able to put it all together. And you think with the offensive system, I'm very optimistic because the schedule is very light. I mean, mm-hmm. the first three games are Temple, Wagner, and UAB. Okay. So, I mean, you would think that's a 3-0 start. Then they head to Michigan State at the end of the month. And that I think that's a winnable game because Michigan State hasn't been very good the past few years. And now with Mark D'Antonio leaving, well, Mel Tucker coming in, you don't know how good of a coach Mel Tucker is. I mean, you can only base it off the 1-5-7 and seven season at Colorado. Maybe he's good, maybe he's not. I don't know. And Miami has traditionally not played well on the road mm-hmm. uh, up north. So, you know, it, yeah. it scares me every out of the time element. I play Pittsburgh. So, but, yeah, so definitely out of the element. But, you know, in terms – they don't have to play Clemson in the regular season. Okay. Uh, the ACC overall is kind of weak as well. So, Dark, the they're getting better, though. They're getting, they're getting better. better. I mean, North Carolina, I think, is a team Woo. that people need to put on the radar. Seriously. As far as possibly winning nine, maybe ten games. You know, they actually – they jumped up in the recruiting class rankings this week. They got up to number two right now. They're, they're going behind Ohio State right now. So they're keeping their their in state guys. They're getting the right flips. Yeah, um, I think Brown Howell's a Heisman dark horse. Like if, if people are, are betting, people listening to this, like I, w- I would look at putting money on Sam Howell in terms of winning the Heisman. I think he's going to put up numbers, and I, I think North Carolina is a team to watch this year. But the thing is, Miami gets them at home. Uh-huh. You know, so the, the toughest road game I think they'd have the whole season uh, besides Michigan State. You know, they do go on the road to Virginia Tech, and, you know, Blacksburg's not an easy yeah. place to win. Mm-mm, but they've never. been kind of – I don't know how to feel about Justin Fuente and Virginia Tech right now. So, mm-hmm. I'm optimistic. I mean, with the scheduling, with some of the – with the impact transfers and returning guys coming back, you would think nine or ten wins isn't out of the question. But this is also a team that lost to FIU, Duke, and Louisiana Tech last year. So yeah, you got you got to be optimistic. I mean, you're not you're not dealing with that uh, QB circus, you know, with Tate Martell, you know, coming in, causing no, all the and it's just, I mean, and whatnot, and people coming in and out of the transfer portal system. and all that yeah. kind of stuff. So no, but it, yeah, and, then, and another a- ACC team, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I, I don't know if they're in your division or not. Um, but Georgia Tech, I think they're actually, you know, yeah. they've been a team that's been slept on for a while. I know this past year was like a transition year. You know, uh, I, myself and Zach Cramey, uh, director of recruiting at um, UTC, we just talked about them a little bit. But they, they, this past season was like a transition year for them. And, mm-hmm. you know, coming from a Georgia fan, you know, I, I hate them. But they're getting better. They're moving away from yeah. that old wing T, you know, style offense to where – um, they just got a four-star quarterback this past class. Um, mm-hmm. They're bringing in that. They have a four-star running back they got. There. 
true. It's they're doing good, man. So I, I, think, I think it's going to be another transition year for them. It probably I think twenty twenty one. I think maybe the maybe they could win seven eight games, but I mm-hmm. I think it's a stretch to say they'd make a bowl game this year. I think three or four no. wins and and at least being more competitive in games. You know, they be, did beat. They yeah, did it could be Miami. something that can maybe they can push you. I think they might be you know they yeah. might be able to push some of these teams. The team you that, don't want to play every week. Exactly. So you know, and then all these teams that are going to come in thinking, you know, oh, this is an easy win. I think they'll give them a little bit more running for money. So you can't really take them, you know, lightly. So, um, but yeah, that's awesome. So we'll, uh, we'll keep an eye, you know, throughout the season, you know, um, I'll be talking to you, seeing how you, what you think of this season and everything, how Miami's doing. But uh, without further ado, we're going to move into our main subject today. And we're going to be doing a first round mock draft. Um, as we said earlier, you know, uh, mm-hmm. this Thursday is going to be the draft. And uh, to kind of prepare for it, I, you know, I've got two other podcasts lined up for this week, but we're not going to be doing much draft stuff. But I wanted to at least hit it one time. Uh, we're going to be going through Jackson and myself, um, and we're going to take turns making a pick for each team. Uh, Jackson will do the even numbers. I'll do the odd numbers. I wanted him to get that Falcons pick because I know he's a big Falcons fan. Oh, yeah. So, um, you know, I figured he would represent uh, better than I would at that spot. But uh, we'll go through. We'll talk about the team needs, uh, who we think the, you know, the teams need themselves. Um, also talk about um, if, you if you know, you'll, you think they'll trade that pick, trade up, trade down, that kind of stuff. But um, mm-hmm. what we think will go on, and this is excluding, you know, uh, we think that um, – you know, like we're, we're going to be basically picking in the order that it's already kind of set at. You know, obviously we can't really predict the future and see who's going to jump where. But Yeah, it's always tough to predict. Exactly. Right? So, uh, without further ado, we're going to start this mock draft off. And uh, up number one is uh, the Bengals. And I think everybody kind of knows where this yeah, one's I mean, going. There's, there's, there's no secret here. It's locked and loaded. It's, you know, I think it's, it's, it's definitely going to be Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow coming off of a – Freaking amazing season. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think you could say that's arguably the greatest single season in college football history. I mean, Jesus just... Christ. He he went off, um, ripped, you know, like every team he played, he ripped him a new one, man. Like, uh, well, it seemed he, he seemed to get better each game. And every time the stage got bigger, I mean, he was just money. I mean, I can't name you a bad game. I mean, there wasn't a bad game he had last year. No. And I, I, you know, Baker Mayfield kind of did the same thing in a sense, but like Joe Burrow was thought to be a sixth or seventh round guy at this mm-hmm. time last year. And then now like, it's not even close. He's the first pick of the draft and like, it shouldn't even be debated. I don't know that he's necessarily the best prospect because I'm going to get the best prospect with the next pick, but uh, yeah, you, you, but you, you Bur- Burrow's going to be dynamite. I just think yeah. he's got to go to the Bengals. Yeah. You, you hate that he's going to go to the Bengals, um, but it ain't like, you know, they they don't have, you know, Anything to work with. I mean, um, they have some offensive weapons now. Yeah, Joe Mixon. I know he's holding out Tyler right now Boyd. for a contract. Tyler Boyd. You know, I don't know AJ how long Green. AJ Green's going to be there, and if Tyler Eifert can stay healthy, which has been his biggest issue, you know that's exactly. There's worse situations. Yeah, so I, you know, I think that's obvious. I think that's where they're going to go. The defense has been, you know, decent. You know, as of late, it's not you know nothing spectacular, but yeah, um, th- this will be the right pick to go in the right direction for the the near future. So I think the Bengals will definitely go Burrow here um, without a shadow of a doubt. The only thing that kind of goes against him is that, um, you know, he was in college for so long. He's not a real young, young prospect, you know. Um, well, but, yeah, and it's just you you are basing it. I mean, and it, he was phenomenal last year, but, you know, yeah. it was just one year because, like like we were saying, the year before, he was good but not great, and he was a mm-hmm. guy you probably were going to take in the fifth or sixth round. So that that's – if I have to nitpick at it, that would be my only red flag. But, I mean, his pocket presence, his accuracy is just – it's just – unbelievable exactly so uh so yeah let's take us on to pick number two here 
Yeah, so with the second pick, you know, the Redskins, unless they have just an absolute godfather of a trade offer that somebody wants to come up and get uh, get a quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think they're going to get the best prospect in the class, and that's going to be Ohio State defensive end Chase Young. I mean, we're talking, I think he's Khalil Mack, Miles Garrett type good. I, mm-hmm. I think, I'll be honest with you, I don't like to over-exaggerate on prospects, but he's probably the best defensive prospect I've ever seen. I mean, 6'6", 260, just lightning quick. And he – I mean, he just affected so many plays. And I think I think he could be a potential all-pro as a rookie. I mean, I think that's how good we're talking. And the thing is, the Redskins don't necessarily – their front seven's actually pretty good. Yeah. You know? they, they traded up and got Montez Sweat last year. He's got a lot of promise. They still have Ryan Kerrigan. They have Jonathan Allen. Their front seven's still pretty good, but it's just like you, you – this is a guy you don't pass up. Mm-hmm. So, I think you take him. You give Dwayne Haskins another year. And if Dwayne Haskins flails out, well, you get the best quarterback prospect of all time next year, Trevor Lawrence. So, Ooh. you know, things, things could work out for him. You but, I, yeah, first. I think Chase Young will be the second pick, easy. Yeah, I, I think you're definitely right. The, um, you know, Chase Young, he was an absolute beast. Um, I was talking to Zach Cramey about this in, in our last podcast, but, you know, Urban Meyer on Twitter, he posted up a picture of um, uh, an old Ohio State practice where uh, – Joe Burrow was, uh, you know, in his non-contact jersey mm-hmm. back in the pocket ready to make a pass. And you see Chase Young coming around the end, you know, about yeah. to swat the ball away from him. The fact that these two guys were on the same team at the same time, you know. It, and going back to my combine thing, you know, just in terms of being starstruck, I, I was I was in the lower seat of the stands and Chase Young yeah. didn't work out. But he was just sitting there talking and standing with people. And I'm just, I mean, he he's just, as advertisement, he is just an absolutely Huge. incredible looking athlete, dude. Yes, yeah. Yeah. I think he'll make a – I think double-digit sacks year one. I said I think he could be a potential all – he'll be an all-pro down the line for sure. Yeah, so uh, – and, and feel free to keep adding those combine. I don't think that can go, you know, far enough. Oh, yeah, I, sure. I mean, if you have any combine stuff that you want to give us, you know, from up close and personal, feel free to add to it. Uh, so, number three, we got the Detroit Lions. I do think they'll trade out of this pick. Uh, I yeah, don't think, I think they I, absolutely I think they want to. have to pick here. But I think if they do – um, you know, if they end up sticking with this pick, because I, I think they'll kind of wave this pick around, and be like, "All right, who wants the, you know, mm-hmm. who wants the, the next quarterback?" You know, so yeah. we'll, we'll see who who takes the bait. But um, if they have to sit here, I think that they will go, and you can kind of go two different directions here. Um, but the one I'm going to go here is somebody that I think kind of rivals you, um, or rivals Chase Young as the best kind of athlete, mm-hmm. Isaiah Simmons. I've I talked about him uh, the last podcast with Zach. Zach really is high on him. <laughs> Um, I mentioned that when uh, Georgia Southern was playing Clemson, you know, that a uh, couple years back, uh, that mm-hmm. you know, I had a lot of interaction with the the student athletes, and you know, I, I tutored a lot of the football players, and uh, yeah. I was talking to some of them before that game, and I was like, so you know, who who are who are we uh, looking at here? You know, who are, mm-hmm. who are you guys scouting against? They were like, this dude Isaiah Simmons is playing safety, and you know, he's they they talked about his intangibles you know how how tall he is how big he is i was like god almighty you know like yeah. this dude this dude is huge to be playing you know safety but you know of course they kind of moved him into like a hybrid kind of deal where he was playing like some edge linebacker oh so he, I, he lined up at corner as well for clemson so i mean he's six one two forty and ran a four three nine at the I nfl think, combat i mean that's just that's freakish so i think he can't can go wrong with that i mean he could be a, uh he'd be a great like you know three four like outside linebacker type, I think, you know, can play some coverage as well as, you know, uh, rush off the edge or, you know, you can even move him out, you know, it, whatever works mm-hmm. out best, you know, this dude is, you know, he's still young. You can still mold him into whatever you think, you know, would be his best uh, position. So uh, I think that this is definitely the pick here, in my opinion. 
but yeah, anything to add to that? I mean, I guess my, the only thing, you know, I love Isaiah Simmons. I think he's a great player just in terms mm-hmm. of being able to move around. How high do you value linebackers or DBs? Because I, I, I don't I know what you really classify him as. And I know he's kind of a – he's just a different guy because like a traditional linebacker, you probably don't want to take that high because the value's not there. Same as with running backs. Yeah. So, I guess that would be my only question is just where, where do you how, – how much value do you place on uh, him being the third pick is just if you're going to play him at mostly linebacker. Yeah, you got a good point there. All right, so number number four, the New York Giants. Who you got them taking? Well, I would take Isaiah Simmons normally, but Ooh. with him off the board, I think they'll Sorry. go offensive line here. You know, they've got uh, they got to protect Daniel Jones. You know, uh-huh. they invested in him last year with the sixth pick, so I, their offensive line was just as flat atrocious last year. Yeah, I, yeah. I think you can't go wrong with any of the four offensive tackles, but if it was me picking, I would go with the best one on the board. And I think that's Iowa offensive tackle Tristan Wirfs. Yeah. I mean, it was another guy I saw watch at the combine that I watched do drills at the combine and just his footwork and just mm-hmm. he is just a powerful run blocker. I went back and watched some of his film. I think he'll be a very good offensive tackle. I also think he's one of the guys that could uh, kick inside, and I think he could be an all-pro guard too. I mean, I think this he's the real deal. So, if yeah. I was the Giants, you know, I, I think they got to invest in protecting Daniel Jones. Saquon Barkley needs help up front as well. You're right. And the thing is, they, they could go several ways with this pick. I think with Jeff Okuda being there, putting him opposite mm-hmm. of DeAndre Baker, who struggled a little bit last year, their defense just needs help at every single – I mean, their pass rush was terrible. Yeah. They, they're set – just the whole defense was terrible. So, they could go with Okuda as well. But I think just with the investment they made in Daniel Jones, I think worse will be the guy. I think, you know, I'm right there with you. I actually had him, you know, in my slot there. So, you made a good choice. But I think one thing about the offensive lineman I'll say is I don't think there's a consensus on who's the top one. I think between Tristan Wirsch, Jedrick Wills, Andrew Thomas, and Makai Becton, I think it could be either any of those guys. But Uh I think the one that's the safest – I don't know. I won't say necessarily the safest, but I think the one who has the most potential, I think it's worse. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You know, you can't go wrong with – Drafting, um, as you you know, as we've seen in the past, um, you know, you can't go wrong with drafting an offensive lineman that comes out of Iowa or Wisconsin. You know, they they no. seem to produce these guys year after year, so they have that pedigree. Um, so yeah, yeah definitely, definitely right there with you. Uh, number five, we got the Dolphins, and um, I think obviously they're going to go uh, QB here. Um, yeah. with this pick, uh, it's just a matter of who. And with everything we've been hearing lately, all the whispers, you know, in the bushes, I actually think that they're going to go with uh, Justin Herbert. I just think this is one of those classic draft switch-ups. I think that Miami's this kind of franchise that isn't, you know, they're, they're not, um, you know, afraid to kind of risk it. So mm-hmm. I think they'll go with Herbert. He's, he's established. Um, he's got a, a great uh, body type. Um, you know, he's proven himself at the collegiate level. I think he is, he is a very good quarterback. And going back to what we were saying at the beginning, we're just I think it's going to be unpredictable with just the red flags with Tua's injury. And, mm-hmm. you know, just I think Jordan Love is just I, – I don't, I don't know about him yet. Not I think it's sold just, on him yet. Yeah, I think it's just Justin Herbert's a safe pick. I'm not saying he's just a 100% lock. I like Justin Herbert. He was my QB1 at the beginning of the season for Joe yeah. Burrow just come and lit everybody up. I think I, – just me personally, I think two is slightly overrated, and I'll get into that in a minute. Uh-huh. But I just I, – I think Herbert has all-pro potential. I know he's not the most polished right now. I know his accuracy can be spotty all over the place, and sometimes yeah. I'll sound like a hypocrite because I was 
I just I down Josh Allen a couple of years ago. But I think there's some similarities mm-hmm. there. But I, I mean, I think Herbert Herbert's I think gonna be the real. Guy. I think that's a decent uh, comparison. Um, you know him to Josh Allen. Uh, you know they're yeah. they're pretty mo- mobile. Um, you know strong, pretty strong arms. The, mm-hmm. it, the accuracy isn't always there, but you know for the most part, you know they can kind of hit. Them. I think he's more polished than Allen coming out of college because uh-huh. the thing is Herbert won in college and he didn't turn the I mean Josh Allen just had a penchant for turnovers and he he didn't win yeah. in some of the bigger moments and that was why I was kind of down on him. He was very risky ago, like with a lot yeah. of the decisions he made. Yeah. But yeah, I think I think Herbert's probably the safer the pick and I think that's why they go there as well. Okay. Well, uh there you go. So number 6, we got the Chargers. Who who are we going with here? So yeah, what I what I think they'll do and what I would probably do as well is I would take Tua. I, th- I think he'll be the guy here. You know, they well. he doesn't have to start right away. Uh, they do have Tyrod Taylor. And this, the thing is, this is a team that wants to win right now. Uh-huh. Um, I, I do think it is a risk because he's never played a full season. He's had three major injuries already, and he's had two ankle injuries, and then he hurt his hip really bad last year. So he's never been able to put it all together in a full season. Yeah. I think that worries you. And, you know, maybe in the short term, you know, you think he'll be fine. But I think you got to make a – projection down the road is is two is still going to be upright five six six years from now that mm-hmm. i just i don't know so I, I i think he's overrated i do think i think his supporting cast at bama i do think i was i was gonna ask a little that. Bit because you think about it he'll have two receivers that we'll we'll talk about here in a little bit going the first round this year yeah have an offensive tack i mean his offensive line alabama always has some, one of the two or three best offensive lines in the country and then he has two receivers that will go in the first round next year. Next year, yeah. And a first-round running back that Najee Harris that came back there. So, yeah. I, you know, two I think is very is good, but he's also, I think, just a lot of He was of his blessed. Success. He was blessed in, in college with the people he had around him. You're, you're definitely yeah. right. Yeah, I, I think that's I where the Chargers will go. I think they got to go quarterback. And this is a team, I think, that can – you know, they had a bad injury luck last year and Phillip Rivers was on the decline. But mm-hmm. I think that's a team – I think they're, they're going to be a playoff team next year. Yeah, and I think this is like a classic Chargers pick. These guys are desperate. They don't really have um, much support, you know, yeah. from the local, you know, city. Yeah, you the know. thing is, and two will, two will put fans in the stands. For He'll sure. do it. And, you know, I'm not saying that, you know, these owners or, you know, these people in their management or executive roles should base, you know, solely, you know, this decision on that kind of, uh, you know, outcome. But no I, sadly, I think that's what's going to go into it some. It's going to have somewhat of a – When you get um, you desperate know, like that, you know, I, I think it, it does – factor into it more than people think yeah and I don't think they really need anything on the defensive side of the ball I think everything is really looking at offense you know they're getting you know Phillip Rivers is is gone this is the new era you know Melvin Gordon he's he's obviously out of town they still got some decent receivers so I mean mean, like you said they got Tyrod Taylor they hold down you know and if they didn't go to if I had to you know with a coup to be in there I guess they could go there or that you know they could go offensive tackle you know, yeah. but you know they still have Casey Hayward, and they did sign Chris Harris, so I think it mm-hmm. makes the the need to get a Cuda less. God, that that'd be crazy if if they got a Cuda though with him, oh Derwin, you know, and them two at corner. That'd be absolutely nuts. Um, but yeah, so yeah, definitely agree with you. I had two going there at number six to the Chargers as well. Uh, number seven, we got the Panthers. Um, I think here, uh. It's it's going to be um something on the a pick on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, the reason I'm kind of making this pick, um, it's going to sound a little. Stupid, but these guys love to pick uh, their Auburn Tigers, and I think they're going to go with Derrick Brown here. Uh, Derrick Brown, I think they're going to go with him here. Gerald McCoy, he's out of town. Um, is Don is Don Terry Poe still there? I don't know if he's there or not. But, I don't uh, think he is. He was there for for like a year or two. Um, but they they they've lost some guys. They need some people there. 
Um, I think they'll go with him. Derrick Brown was a great prospect. I remember when he was actually coming out of high school, I wanted him to go to Georgia so bad. Number yeah, one guy in the Georgia state. Kid. Even in – yeah, he went to Lanier, um, ended up going to Auburn. Hated it, but it is what it is, you know. And he ended up having a great career there. Stayed yeah. stayed for a long time. Uh, was, a, was a cornerstone of that defense. Uh, great size, great athleticism. Um, I think it's a pretty safe pick. I think he'll do a great job there. And he I, mean, I think he's the second-best defensive – I mean, he would, I think, in normal years, possibly be the best defensive prospect in the class. Mm-hmm. You just happen to be in the same class as Chase Young. Yeah. And I, I, I think they'll go there because, you know, it was – you know, when Carolina went to the Super Bowl three or four years back, you know, you think about that defensive line with Kawan Short, Mario Addison, and those guys. And now it yeah. just – that they, they got to have help at every level of their defense. I think uh, – I think Okuda's possible – possibly could be a pick there. I think it'll be a corner or an interior lineman. Okay. Um, but I, I guess see. that leads into uh, the eighth pick with the That's Cardinals. It. And I think if, if uh, Carolina doesn't go Derek Brown, I think they will. But he's obviously off the board here. So, they're another team. They need help at every level of their defense because besides mm-hmm. Chandler Jones, they really don't have a top-notch play on the defense. Patrick Peterson's plays dipped in the past few seasons. Yeah. They don't really have a lot of – their run defense is terrible. But mm-hmm. I think they'll kind of get a value pick. And I think if, if the draft goes this way, I think Jeff Okuda would be the pick here. I just – I think he's yeah. too talented to pass here at eight. I think he's one of the cleaner corner prospects in the um, past few years. And this was actually a discussion I was having with my dad last night. Ohio State has put out the best and most NFL-ready players the past few years. I mean, you could argue they have – at four positions in NFL, one of the top guys in the league, you know, Ezekiel Elliott's one of the best running backs. Yeah, he, Michael he was Thomas, a good one. a receiver. Marshawn Lattimore at corner. The Bosa brothers at edge. I mean, it's just – if you want to – and Ohio State's probably put out the best DBs as well. And I think Okuda's, you know, 6'1", 205 pounds, and he's mm-hmm. just an athletic freak. Yeah. I think he could be a lockdown corner. I think he could go as high as three to the lines. But I think if, yeah. if the Cardinals are sitting there – Without Derek Brown, I think they could also go offensive tackle here because their offensive line has been notoriously bad for a few years. And, you know, again, Kyler Murray, you know, we were talking about the Giants investing in Daniel Jones. Kyler Murray was the number one pick last year, and so you want to definitely improve that. You know, they mm-hmm. traded for DeAndre Hopkins in the offseason. But I think the off the, the offensive line needs to be fixed, but I think Okuda's too good of a value to pass up at eight. So that's what I would go with there. Yeah, I think it's going to actually surprise people. You know, I think he is going to fall a little bit in this draft, you know, as opposed mm-hmm. to what we think he's worth. I think he's worth a top five pick. I think he's oh, even worth too, possibly a top three pick. If he pick. were to slip past six or seven, I think a team like the Falcons, I think a team like the Broncos, I think they would be trying to scramble to get up to – Yeah. Now, let me ask you this. As a Falcons fan, coming from you, uh, would you like that? You know, do you think that they would give up a whole, whole lot in order to get that? Um, would it be worth it? For Jeff Okuda, I wouldn't mind it because I think I think he's I think he's a potential pro bowler from day one, like mm-hmm. a lot like Chase Young and possibly Derek Brown. Otherwise, no, because the thing is I, they did sign Dante Fowler, but I still think they need another edge rusher, a young edge rusher, because Tack McKinley can't stay healthy and he has yeah. you know if he if he doesn't have a good season this year you know he, he does, his contract's up yeah you know so you don't really have a lot behind him they have nothing at defensive tackle after Grady Jarrett so I think you need to come away with a defensive tackle and I think you do need to come away with a starting caliber corner because Kendall Sheffield, who was a, 
yeah, true fonts out. They traded away Robert Alford last year. Yeah. You know, Kendall Sheffield and Isaiah Oliver are very, very unproven. And mm-hmm. you know, those are your two starting corners. I, th- I think I think Oliver could end up turning out to be something at some point, but he needs a he needs a little time. Yeah, I mean, it's this the same with year, Sheffield. But... Sheffield's got speed and stuff, but it's just as far as being a complete corner, I, I just I don't know. So I think having a number one corner, I, I, that's where I would go in the first round. And mm-hmm. the only guy I would trade up for is Akuda because I like C.J. Henderson, but he's also I, I'm not trading up picks to get cj yeah because it'll cost you at least a third rounder probably yeah so uh so let's move on to the next pick number nine we got the jacksonville jaguars um i did originally have okuda probably falling to them but you you snagged them off my hand so i'm going to look at uh, somebody that um he's constantly being looked at to being mocked there and i think it could definitely happen at this point if you know, because how I looked at it is if Okuda fell to the Jaguars, they're not going to pass him up. I think they snag him. No, no ja- Jaguars have I been very good at taking value when it's given to them. They did it when uh, Miles Jack was there. They've done it when Jalen Ramsey was there. They're going to snag value where they see value at. So, and, you know, they're rebuilding their defense too. So Yeah, so, I mean, you, you got to go with it. And I think here um, with all these people off the board, I think that they go still to the defensive side of the ball, and I think it's going to be Javon Kinlaw from South Carolina. I think it's a good pick here. Um, they got to start looking at that defensive line again, even though for a while it felt like they were just stacking on stacking on stacking oh gosh, defensive yeah, but... linemen. And I, mean, I remember they picked like, uh, you know, of course they had Calais Campbell, they had Ngakwe, but now he's like on the trade line. Yeah, like them. Um, who, who else? I mean, you can keep naming them. They got they picked a, I think just a couple of years ago, they picked like Aiden a, Bryan, yeah, because he yeah, the, the, the Florida the guy. a lot. Yeah. See, he hasn't panned out either. And then, obviously, they traded Calais Campbell to the Ravens. Uh, Marcel yeah. Darius they got rid of. And mm-hmm. Ngakwe is kind of at a contract impasse right now. He may he, he may sit out. So, they're yeah. just that whole defense is just – it's crazy just how a few years ago that defense almost single-handedly got it's him to crazy. the Super Bowl. And now there's I – don't, I don't know that there's really a member on it anymore. They were one of the top, like, fantasy scorers. I remember that. Like, you know, oh, fantasy sure. football. Yeah, I mean, like, their, if you had the – Their Jaguar. defense was better than their offense. Their, their defense scored – it's crazy. Almost better as their offense. No offense. Yeah, to and, and they, they drafted very well. You know, the, the, the yeah. linebacker core is still there. You know, it's it's crazy how you can draft so well and then you end up losing these pieces just due to, like, um, yeah. you Telvin know, the culture. Tired. Then, you know, Jalen Ramsey, you know, they, they had uh, issues with him. They traded him. You know, they lose to Sean Gibson at safety. A.J. Boyer got traded yeah. offseason. So, it's just, crazy yeah. stuff. But I but I got I got them taking Kinlaw here. I think he's a good prospect. Um, you know, great defensive lineman. I think he can, you know. Um, I think he's the best pass rushing he's, interior lineman. I think exactly. he's a better pass rusher than Derek Brown. I don't think he has the ceiling Derek Brown does. But in terms of just no. pass rush from up the middle, I think you got to give it to Kinlaw. Definitely. And, you know, um, speaking of, you know, recent stuff I've seen, you know, um, I can't remember how much it was, but they – they showed uh, there was a clip that was like leaked out of him squatting. Um, I, I can't even remember how how much it was, but it was they a, had, I know what you're talking about. They had a ton lot. of plates on both sides, and then they had people standing on the the bar itself, and and he just did it, and it, I, it was just crazy, man. It's like one of yeah, those. He really come on there at the Senior Bowl there in Mobile, Ooh. and he just his stock has risen tremendously, and I think he's another guy I would watch the Falcons may come up to get. Yes, uh, so. With that being said, we'll move on to number 10 here with the Browns. Who you got them getting? So, I think they could go Ken Law if he were to be sitting there because they do need another tackle. But I, I think you have to go offensive line here. Their offensive line yeah. was terrible last year. They did yeah. sign Jack Conklin away from the Tennessee Titans, and he's a pretty good right tackle. Mm-hmm. But I think they're still going to hit offensive tackle here, and I think they'll go with Jedrick Wills out of Alabama. I think yeah. he could play either tackle. I don't think he's – 
the one thing I'll hold – I won't necessarily hold against him, but I think Wirfs or Thomas could be high-level guards. I don't think Wills could play guard necessarily, so I think he needs to be – I think he'll be their left tackle because Conklin's more of a right tackle. Mm-hmm. But, I, again, going back just talking about the offensive tackles, I think it could be any of the three left between Wills, Thomas, or Beckton. Yeah. I think Wills is, I think, a, a, a very good prospect, and I think he'll be a solid starter at left tackle from day one. I think that's an easy pick. And the think, Browns now are rumored to be looking to trade back now. So, I think really? that could be – Yeah, I mean, that, they've been kind of looking to go back, you know, just going back to the Falcons and Broncos. And I think even the Eagles had had uh, talks about coming up. So, I, if the Browns stay with this pick, I think they go offensive tackle. Yeah, I think I think that if they if they trade to anybody, it'll be one of those teams that um, needs a wide receiver because we're, we're about to yeah. come up on a spot here. A it's place the deepest in position order. in the draft. Yeah, where – well, you know, if you've got a guy in mind – you're going to have to, you know, get in front of these other teams if you want to grab them. So, I mean, and sure. there's plenty of good wide receivers to choose from, but right now we're about to hit, you know, starting with me here, we're about to hit this little run, I think, of wide receivers. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where I'm moving on with my next pick. I've got the New York Jets going with the receiver, and I know it may shock some people, but um, I'm going with C.D. Lamb. I think that, that he's the right pick. I know that, you know, Jerry Judy's obviously out there. Um, you know, and some of you guys will probably think that I'm hating on him just because it's, from, you know, dude from Alabama, you know, he went to Alabama. Yeah. But no, I, I think that CD, he's, he's made for this. I think Judy is too. I think they're both great. But I think if anybody's going to get picked here by the Jets, I, I'm going to go with Lamb. Um, I think he's a great overall prospect. He's done, you know, he reminds me a lot of DeAndre things. Hopkins. I think if he hits the ceiling, I think he, he does remind me of Hopkins. He's not the fastest guy, but mm-hmm. he has probably, I think, probably the best hands. He's in clean. Class. He's and clean I, he's my, routes, yeah, too. And then the, I, to show how deep this receiver group is, he's my third-ranked receiver. I mean, he's That just, is crazy. Yeah. So wow. We'll talk about my top two here in a minute. Hopefully I can get one of them on one of these teams, know, Yeah, but. yeah, you're, you're about to get one of them. But, uh, but yeah, that, that, I'm going with C.D. Lamb here. Um, I think he's primed and ready for this. Um, obviously, yeah. his team – this past year, they had a um, you know offensive guru you know running the show, and I think he's ready. I think he's the most ready out of all of them. Um, he's been primed and the for Jets, this. They need receivers exactly. You know, Robbie Anderson leaving to I think he signed with the Panthers. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they really don't have much there. I think they they're another team they could go offensive line here because they've they, Sam. This is a big year for Sam Donald uh, in terms of just you know showing he's the guy in the future. I, I think he so is. I, I really think uh, he yeah. Is. I, I think. He's been. I'm not a, the biggest Adam Gase fan, so no. Uh, Gase sucks, but Don, Donald. Yeah, I think I think wide receiver, or offensive tackle will be the pick here. But yeah, and 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 Lamb, I think he's ready for it. That scheme they ran, like the the offensive philosophy they had at Oklahoma, it's pass happy. You don't have to worry about the running back still in the show. It's all about the mm-hmm. wide receivers. I feel like, and and that's why I think he's the pick here. So that's that's my guy. Who do you got? Uh, the Raiders getting here. At number 12. The Las Vegas Raiders. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's it's, it. It's Vegas time now. So, I mean, I, I don't think you can go wrong with any of the receivers here, but I think the number one receiver in this class is Jerry Judy from Alabama. Uh-huh. I mean, he's – I think he's the best route runner I've seen come into the NFL in quite a long time. And I think – He's good. He reminds me a lot of Odell Beckham, to be honest with you. I, maybe not just the sheer athleticism that, that Odell has in terms of making crazy catches, but I think Jerry Judy is – as dynamite as it gets in terms of right running hands, being a deep threat. And the, yeah. the, the Raiders, you know, with the Antonio Brown thing kind of blew up in their face a little bit. They don't really have a number one receiver. Mm-hmm. So, I think, you know, they have two first-round picks. So, I think they'll, they'll get one receiver out of uh, – They eight, will. Six. But yeah, I think they, you, being at 12, you know, you can take one of the top guys. I think Jerry Judy's the guy. He's – now, did you – question for you. Did you have Judy going to the Jets before this, before I picked 
Lamb? No, I've had the Jets take an offensive tackle for a while. Offensive tackle, so, okay. Uh, yeah. All right, good to know, good to know. Um, well, yeah, don't don't really have much else to say about Judy. I think he kind of nailed it right there. Um, I've loved him ever since he came out of high school. You know, I knew that oh, – I knew Alabama was getting a steal whenever they got him. I was just like, you know, the rich get richer. You know, a, a South Florida kid coming in with that speed, ready for action, um, yeah. you know – the South Florida kids, they're going to be good at water suit. And, you know, he, he was one of the guys he could take a screen. Every time he touched the ball, just with how smooth he was running. and You ain't kidding. He was, just, he was a threat to just take it every time to the house. And I think, you know, that's That's a good comparison to Odell Beckham. I thought, yeah, I think it's the closest thing. he got. You don't have to chunk it deep. Like, you, you know, you, he don't have to be a burner. He can be a guy that catches it and just somehow turns like a 20-yard well, you know, grab and do it. Alabama made a killing, you know, too, uh, with the RPOs and stuff. With yes. just the speed and the receivers those they had, the screens as well and drag routes. You know, he can catch it and go. It's just the athleticism and just speed's just crazy. I think he's the pick here. And uh, so the next one, I have his teammate going right here to the San Francisco 49ers at number 13, Henry Ruggs. I, th I think it's the best pick for them here. I feel like they're definitely going to go wide receiver, um, somebody to yeah. pair up there. I, I think that's why they, you know, trading to force Bunkner. And, you know, they – you know, there's been things out there that they really like Ken Law or a defensive tackle to replace Bunkner. But the thing is, their defensive line is just it's so loaded. It's just – Yeah, they don't need know, it. Emmanuel Sanders left and, you know, really the only receiver – reliable receiver you have is Debo Samuel. So, it's just I, – I would be shocked if they didn't go receiver here. And they could go corner. I'll say that. They could yeah. go – they yeah, I, I, well, I mean, they, I think they actually just signed uh, Jason Barrett to a one-year yeah. uh, deal as well. So, I mean, they, they got him back. I, I do think they'll definitely go wide receiver, like you said, <coughs> um, pair, pair him up with Debo Samuel. Um, mm -hmm. You know, they still got Dante Pettis there if he can ever pan out. Um, I was, but, yeah, and that's disappointing me. I was a big Dante Pettis guy. Yeah, so. I think he did. Yeah, he's definitely let people down. Uh, so number fourteen, the Buccaneers. Who do you who do you have them getting? Again, I think this is another offensive tackle team. Uh, you mm -hmm. know, you got to protect Tom Brady. That that's you know they're in win now mode, and that's why I think they'll take Andrew Thomas out of Georgia. I think he's probably the safest. I think he he doesn't have as high a ceiling as Werfs or Wills. But I think Andrew Thomas will be a good offensive tackle. I would be shocked if he's not at least pretty good. I just – I don't think he has a – I think he was just – you know, a lot of people talk about how well-coached guys at Alabama are. I think – and they don't really have much more potential to reach in the NFL. I think Thomas is one of those guys at Georgia. I think he's kind of hit his ceiling already. I think he'll be a pretty good left tackle. I don't think he'll ever be a elite left tackle. Now, this, this is going to be the Georgia Bulldog fan coming out of me right now, but I think he's going to be a stud. I think he's being slipped on right now. I think it's the size that's really getting yeah. people. I mean, he's, not, he's, he's I think maybe – I say Werfs is, but Andrew Thomas is a heck of a run blocker from, from a tackle. He's like not, I, said, dude, I think he could play guard. I, no, he's going to be a tackle, I feel like. I think he, he could be, but I think they're going to still keep him at tackle. Oh, yeah. You got, you got to think about this. This dude has played in – don't care what you say from an ACC standpoint. Yeah, he's playing no, in the I mean, best I, conference. The ACC's best football. He's gone against I mean, Bama. God knows how many times now. I, I've seen him like he's on a pass block. He started at Georgia as a true freshman. Yes. Like, he's just been good. And, and it's not and, – and here here's my point here. If I have to compare him to anybody, and this is going to be like a cross-sport comparison just because, you know, i got to drag basketball into here somehow. But everybody refers to Tim Duncan as, as the big fundamental. You know, the guy wasn't going to kill you with athleticism. He was, you know, he was never this guy that was going to, you know, that was going to just somehow just, um, you know, elate you with yeah. this athleticism, this, you know, this versatility, everything like that. Andrew Thomas, he's got the technique down. He knows where to go with it. He very rarely made any mistakes. 
I think he's the perfect guy for this. Oh, I agree with him. you. I'm just saying, I've how much has clips. he gotten better since he was a freshman or a sophomore? I mean, he's just kind of stayed, stayed he's ready for it. He's pretty, he's pretty ready good. for it, man. He's ready for you to check the stats. He hasn't been a guy that allows many sacks, if any at all. I'm telling you. And I've seen, you know, you can go back and I encourage you to look up the clip, you know, after after we get off here. But uh, I think it was it was in the SEC championship game. I, I sat there and watched him pull his right arm back and just slap the crap out of an Alabama guy right across the helmet and put him down on the ground. I, oh, man, it was nasty. So, I, I don't know, man. He's won me over since the get-go. Uh, the heart he has, um, he's always working hard. He's unlike one of these other offensive linemen we're going to talk about here lately or, or here later because I've been hearing a lot of rumors about this one guy coming up here soon. But I think that that's a great pick um, for the Buccaneers. It you feels like Tom another, Brady. Everybody listening to this, you will not find another podcast anywhere that compares Andrew Thomas to Tim Duncan. You won't. You, you really won't. For, this, this is just you gold really right won't. here, man. I, yeah, yeah, for <laughs> real. I, and and uh, I was going to say this, too. Like, uh, it feels like Tom Brady just somehow has this magnetism to him where he attracts these UGA guys. Because, I mean, it, you know, in, in New Michelle, England. You know, yes. Mitchell, yeah. Yeah, all those all – these, David Andrews. Um, oh, for who, sure. Isaiah Wynn. Isaiah Wynn, Ben Watson. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean – I, hey, add add Andrew Thomas to the list. So, yeah, I, I hope he falls there. I think he'd be great for him. Not that they have a bad offensive line already. I think they have a decent one. Yeah, uh, it's just, you know, they had their uh, – I, I, and I'm bad with names right now. I, I don't remember who they had leave on their offensive line, but they, they need a replacement at left tackle. I know they had I mean, Donovan plug and play guy. at some yeah, point, um, okay. if he's still there. Um, Ali Marpet, something like that. Ali Marpet's pretty solid. You yeah, know, he's like guard. guard. I, I think they're, they're in win-now mode. I mean, that's the yeah. reason you sign a 42-year-old quarterback. Yes. They, they want to win now. To that so much think, money, too. Yeah, yeah they, they, they paid sure. him. So, yeah, no, I definitely agree with you. Um, I'm going to go with – I think you're think you're definitely right right there. And uh, next up, we got number fourteen or no number fifteen, the Broncos. Um, so I think the Broncos at this spot, and this is the guy I was kind of referring to. I'm gonna I'm gonna pick him here, um, the uh, Makai Becton from Louisville. There's been a lot of rumors swirling around about this guy here um, as of late about um, tendencies that he has off the field that can end up burning yeah, him. Bell drug test. Bell drug test. Uh, apparently. According to some NFL people, he loves food more than he does, you know, playing play football. He loves to cook and eat food more than he does, you know, want to play football. So, I mean, um, you know, overall, he's got the size. Um, you know, he's he's played well. Um, I I do think that there's a drop off here, like you said. You know, the, these top three guys, you know, Thomas, Wills, and Worfs are the main three, and there's a little bit of a drop off here. But there's some people out there that believe Beckton could. There's you know, some people think Beckton is the best in in the bunch. I don't. I don't See, agree. I think though. he's very boomer bust. I think you could be getting the all pro, and I think you may be getting a guy that flails out very quickly. I think yeah. I'm kind of in the middle. I think he'll be solid. I he's the fourth to me. I I, I wouldn't. Mm. There's I would not in a million years take him over Andrew Thomas, Jedrick Wills, or Tristan Worse. Not even close. Yeah. The, the off the field stuff, I personally don't give a crap. I mean, it's just like I, yeah, I, I the, take a little stock into it, but not not a whole lot. And you know, with the new CBA and stuff, you know, failing one drug test, it's not going to be a, as big a deal anymore. And I think you know, I just don't. I don't know. I just don't find that stuff as big a deal as some people do. So I yeah, I think it's a good pick. I think they could go corner here. With, I think they're going to be a team that I, – I think Denver moves up for a receiver. I just – I think they're going to see the – I can see it. Because I do think Lamb, Ruggs, and Judy are separate. I, this is a deep receiver class, but I think with those three, I think just the game-changing ability, I think they're a little different. 
and I think they'll, I think they're going to need to move up. And I think you know, like I, I, I mean, said earlier, watch watch the Browns coming back to ten because the Browns need an offensive tackle. If you could go back to fifteen, get some more picks, and get Beckton, that's a pretty good haul. And, and but here's here's my rebuttal to that. I, I do see where you're coming from. I I think that they do have some decent receivers though. I know that they got um you know Cortland Sutton took a big step. Last I mean year. um and and they got another guy that they just uh, drafted not that long ago from Penn State. Um you remember you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, but um, he's kind of he's been he's he's just been okay. But I think he's still got. If some they room could to get grow. a top tier receiver. Watch out for the Denver Broncos next year. Drew Locke looked good down the stretch there. Yeah. He just signed Melvin Gordon. Uh, I, I, Noah fan at tight end. My my opinion, I think that they need offensive line more than they need wide receiver. Oh yeah, I, I agree. This, I mean, this guy, the, I mean, who who is it? They just drafted a guy like a year or two back, and he's he does nothing but get penalties. He yeah, and it's just it, I think it's it's even more of a mental thing. I think it's eating at him mentally more than it is. You know, so much. You know, something physically can't keep himself from home people. But uh, and another thing, they could they could go corner here. Uh, you know, yeah, just they got Chris rid Harris. of Chris Harris. They did trade for AJ Boye, but I think he's on the back half of his career. Yeah. I think CJ Henderson could be a guy here, and I think they could also reach for. See, if I think like a Justin Jefferson from LSU, I think he could be a guy to watch right here. Yes. So, um, but yeah, that, that's that's where I have uh, them going. But yeah, you made some great points right there. So number sixteen. Hometown Falcons, your team. Who you got? Deep pick. You know, I mean, I, I think it's a no-brainer. If CJ, I, I'll say this: CJ better hope to God he falls to him. CJ Henderson will not be here at sixteen. He will go uh-huh. in the top twelve, whether somebody trading up for him or somebody really? taking him. Yeah, I mean, just from what people are saying, you know, some people, like I said, have him ranked over Jeff Okuda. I think there was a some kind of report said like there's like over half the teams in the league think he can be the best corner in the class, and mm-hmm. it's just the measurables and the athleticism. He's six one, two oh five, ran a four three eight at the combine. Like you were saying with Andrew Thomas, he played in the SEC. He's played the top guys in the country year in and year out, and he just has the every measurable and athletic trait you want in a number one corner, which is why I'll say, just go ahead and say, I would take him at 16 without a doubt. Mm-hmm. He won't be there. And I think if the Falcons want him, I think they'll have to move up. And that's just, I don't think he's good enough to move up for, but yeah, I think he, I think he'll be a really good man to man corner. He's just athletic, got the size and everything. I think it'll be a no brainer pick if he was on the board. Totally agree with you. I know that there's, there's people out there saying right now that they're looking at, you know, trading up. I, I hope yeah. that they don't have to. Um, I don't want them to either because, like I said, just talking specifically about the Falcons, they need to come up with a corner, an edge rusher, and a defensive tackle out of this draft. They, they need to be smart with their resources too because they, they've been very – you know, they don't have I, any, I love, they don't have I love Dimitrov. I love him. Uh, but he's very trade happy when it comes oh, to yeah. these, you know, these drafts. And, you know, that, and it's a strange thing, you know. I talk about this with my dad a lot. He came from the New England Patriots. He worked there for mm-hmm. over ten years. They yeah. always trade back. They never trade up. Thomas Dimitrov has never traded back in the first round. He's traded up. Back in the first round for Sam Baker, you know, he made the monster hey, trade yeah. nearly 10 years ago for Julio Jones, Julio. traded up for Desmond Trufant, Tack McKinley. It's just – he's more of a trade-up kind of guy. And I, I, I'm i more inclined to think they'll come up now. That's not what I would do, but I would I would put my money on the Falcons coming up. Yeah. And – um, but, yeah, yeah, I, I definitely um, – you know, if he falls there, if Henderson falls there. Oh, it's – I would – I would sprint. Pick. Now, if, if not – where where do you think they'll end up going? Like what, I think what position? It, I think it'd be defensive end. I think they'd go Clavion out of LSU. Okay. I, I think that would again. It will be one of those two guys. I mean, to me, the Falcons' big board should. I would have it like this. I would have Javon Kinlaw number one, Henderson number two, and Chasen number three. One of those guys mm-hmm. I think will be there. Will, yeah, That's why I there. wouldn't trade up because I think one of those guys will be there. And my bet would probably be Chasen because, like I said, I think Henderson. 
I think there's a big – I actually think there's a big drop-off from Okuda and Henderson to the rest mm-hmm. of the corner class. And I think, um, honestly, the same from the defensive tackle class. I think you have Derek Brown, Javon Kinlaw, and then I don't know. So, yeah. I, I think that's why those, those two guys will go before the Falcons pick. Yes, I, I, I agree. I think those are, you know, great picks for um, for the Falcons there. Number 17, uh, going on to the Dallas Cowboys, who I think can actually do pretty good this year. I mean, um, they, they seem to have all yeah, the pieces they got a good pretty roster. much. They've, um, you know, they got Amari Cooper coming back. Uh, you know, Dak Pratt's got, you know, he's got the tag, so he'll be back. Um, you know, they they lost um, they lost Travis Frederick. That sucked. That's going to hurt the offensive line mm-hmm. a little bit, you know. But they, then again, they played this whole past season when they did pretty good. You're losing um, Byron Jones, I think, is going to be that's going to be the and that's where I'm kind of going here. I, I I would I was thinking about going one way. Uh, I was looking at going defensive line, but they've they've done added Gerald McCoy. And then when I was asking about Don Terry Poe, it turns out they added Don Terry Poe as well. So it okay. looks like they just taken that defensive line, moved anybody. it over here. And then um, I, they made one of the more head scratching moves too, signing Alden Smith. Smith, and then they and then also um, wait, okay, rebuild, and they they lost Robert Quinn. Okay, because I was about to say I didn't know if they still had him or not, but yeah, yeah Alden Smith. We'll see if. That's crazy. He was a beast back in the day, but we'll see what he does now. So um, right now, I think they got to go with a defensive back of some sort. Um, I, I would go corner if there was, you know, somebody that really stuck stuck out to me here. But um, at the moment, I'm, I'm actually you know, call me crazy, but I'm going to go Xavier McKinney from. That's exactly what I do. Best from Alabama. Yeah, I, I really like him. Um, I liked him coming out of school, out of high mm-hmm. school. Roswell um, knew he was going to be pretty good. You know, of course, he's another one of the guys. You're like, dang, Bama gets another yeah. good one. So, um, you know, it's it's another one of those things where, you know, I, I think that they'll get a good defensive back here. It'll, he'll be a um, – I, I don't know how good he'll be right away. I think he's going to be pretty good, though. Of, of course, there's going to be a learning curve. But I think great athletes and just his play recognition to me, just for being a young guy, I think is just yes. very high. And I think that's why I think he has better ball skills and I think he has better athleticism than uh, Grant Delpit, who I thought was, I still think Grant Delpit's a good prospect. And, mm-hmm. you know, who knows, we'll get, maybe get to him later. But I, you know, he was one yeah. of the guys that was thought to be a top five lock at this time last year and has kind of, you know, had a bit of a disappointing season. Yeah. So, that, yeah, but that's where I have uh, McKinney going here. Number 18, we have the Dolphins. Who do you have them getting at this moment? Well, I mean, obviously, you know, you had them picking Justin Herbert fifth. I th- I would – I think the best player on the board here is Chason. But I think I think there's going to be a run on those second-tier offensive tackles, and I think it'll start right here. I think Josh Jones, who I actually wrote about for Fansided, and, you know, y'all go check that out whenever mm-hmm. he gets up. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think he'll be – I think he'll be the pick here. I think he's raw. Uh, he has, you know, he played, he started at Houston for four years. You know, he, he was, the, you know, he started there at the left tackle for four years there at Houston. You know, so he's just got the prototypical size. You want the left tackle. He's 6'7", 315. He's just a really big guy. I think he's just very raw. For a guy that has a lot of experience, I think he's just very raw. And I think he mm-hmm. could struggle from day one. But I think that Dolphins' offensive line is a disaster last year so I, I they they yeah. have I mean, they one lost, of their, uh, they have who was it they lost uh, Tunsil they traded Tunsil away yeah they traded Tunsil for one of the first round picks that they have and you know with one of their three picks in the first round they have to get an offensive tackle yeah and I just I think you know they could wait to 26 to get one of those guys but I said I think there could be a little run on those offensive tackles because after this little group here it drops off in a massive way so I well, think Jones Jones from Houston will be the guy here yeah there was two guys and um you know we'll talk about this offensive lineman I guess later on a little bit I had another one going here and you can probably guess who that is 
But uh, but yeah, it was down between Josh, the guy you just had, Josh Johnson, Josh Jones, and then uh, or Josh Johnson, and then uh, Austin Jackson. So uh, definitely, you know, that was part of or Josh Jones. Yeah, and he'll and, he'll be one of those guys too. I think like Josh Jones, Austin Jackson from USC, who yes, I'm not very high on. Isaiah yeah. Wilson from Georgia, Ezra Cleveland from Boise State. I yes. think those will be those kind of second-tier guys. And I think mm-hmm. uh, Lucas Niang from TCU is another name to watch possibly in the second round. Yes. And, um, you know, <coughs> I, I don't I don't think Isaiah will slip into, you know, the first round. I think he'll be beginning of second round. So, yeah, I, you too. know, that, it could – I mean, hope – you know, I, I, it'd be great if he did. You know, I'd love it. Great for him. But, uh, but yeah, I definitely – I think it's without a shadow of a doubt. I think they're going to go offensive line here. They need it, especially yeah. if they, if, you, you know – but like I said, they could offense. go chase on here, but you know they did sign Emmanuel Ogba and Kyle Van Noy in free agency to be pass yeah. rusher. So they didn't. Eric Flowers they did sign, but he's a guard. Mm-hmm. That's why they got to go offensive tackle at eighteen. Yes. All right. So number nineteen, we got the Raiders again, and uh, right here, I know it's not really um, too big of a need. Um, you know, I, on a normal time, I would probably look at getting um, a defensive back of sorts, but in the past, they haven't really had the best of luck getting, you know, safeties. Um, mm-hmm. But I, right here, I got them getting Kenneth Murray, linebacker from Oklahoma. I know that's kind of a crazy pick, but I think they'll go with it. I think it's something that Gruden would probably do. Um, I well, like him a lot. He, yeah, I mean, I think they got to go defense here. You know, I had him, you know, you had him taking, uh, or I had him taking uh, Jerry Judy there at 12. Mm-hmm. I think they got to take a defender of some sorts here because you yes. know, Cleveland Farrell they took uh, last year. He 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 had some moments, but I think that this is another team that could go Clavion chasing, yeah, and pair him up with Farrell. I think they could go linebacker. I think Murray Patrick Queen from LSU is another name I'd keep an yes. eye on, and I think they could go corner here. But like me and you have said, the corners have, they take a drop off after those top two, and I just, I just don't. It just ain't worth there. it at this point. I think yeah. you know what I'm saying. So and you know um, I, I I was actually writing about Kenneth Murray yesterday. He's He's just he's the t- prototypical NFL linebacker in day. He's a great 16, tackler. 40, and he's just rangy. I mean, just sideline to sideline speed, team yeah. captain, leader of the team. Is, and, you know, that's what you want in the middle linebacker. Been good for a while. I mean, he's yeah. a great pick here. Um, you know, not necessarily, you know, the best pick for him, but I think it's who they go with. I yeah. think that's who they end up going with. So, uh, but, yeah, that, that's who I have them getting. Um, any other things you kind of have on him? No, I mean, I actually, I think he's linebacker. I mean, I don't, I don't really classify Isaiah Simmons as a linebacker because you know, I, I'm, I think Patrick Quinn's the best, just pure linebacker in the mm-hmm. draft. You know, because I just Isaiah Simmons is just a different beast altogether. He's like just, a hybrid kind of, of some sort. Yeah, so I don't really know what you. Cla- I, I don't classify him really as a linebacker. So, I think Patrick Quinn from LSU is probably who I would go with over Murray, but I don't think you can go wrong either way. Yeah. So let's see uh, where are we at here. Number twenty, the Jaguars. The Jaguars. So you had them taking Kinlaw. So I I think they it'll be a corner safety or a receiver here. You know they got to get help for Gardner Minshew because uh, mm-hmm. I think they're going to roll with him this year. But I think they'll go Grant Delpit right here. You know okay. I, I think they'll they'll want the experience, the leadership. You know he's more of an in the box safety. And I think one of the reasons he fell is because he was out of. I don't say this about a Dave Aranda defense much, but he just put him in some bad positions last year because Grant Delpit's not an Earl Thomas, Ed Reed middle mm-hmm. of the field, sideline to sideline, speed safety. He's in the box. He's going to make tackles. He's a blitzer. He's going to be effective in the run game. And I think that's more of what he does, and I think that's what the Jaguars will have him do. So I think that's a little bit of why his stock fell, because he had some coverage lapses last year when he was playing yeah. that deep third. And I just don't think that's the kind of safety he is. So um, I think they'll go Delpit there, and I think they really need to remake that secondary. Um, I think they need to make that re- 
remake that defense as a whole. But like I said, you could go corner here. I think a Jeff Gladney from TCU would be a name to watch here. Mm-hmm. Christian Fulton, another DB from uh, LSU. Yeah. And they, you know, you could go double up on the D-line, and they could go chase him here as That's well. That's what I was – yeah, I was going to say. I was like, you could just may as well double up. But I think they'll go secondary here. I think they'll go down. Yeah, they, they could. Um, but, yeah, either way, good pick on that one. I think this one's going to be more, more – one of the more obvious picks here, because, I mean, um, here at 21 with the Philadelphia Eagles, um, you know, there's talks about them moving up. Um, obvi- I mean, we all know what they're kind of going for here. They need a mm-hmm. wide receiver. Yeah. There's plenty of those in the draft. And um, I think if they sit right here, they can probably, you know, get this guy. I think he's going to be available at this moment. Um, and that's Justin Jefferson, wide receiver yep. from LSU. Um, that's exactly what I do. I think it's an obvious pick here. Um, he's shown up and shown out. It's crazy because um, – I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, um, he wasn't really a highly rated recruit coming out of high school. No, he? yeah, like and I, actually, I wrote about him uh, fairly recently. He was a three-star recruit. He was yeah. LSU's lowest rated recruit a couple years ago. And, you know, that's the crazy thing about three-star recruit being your lowest rated. Because mm-hmm. You can find some diamonds in the rough. I mean, I love college football recruiting. But in terms of being a three-star, and, you know, he was LSU's leading receiver in 2018, but he only had like 700-something yards. And then he takes just this massive leap, has 18 touchdowns this year. He went I don't off. know the amount of – Caught 111 uh, – had 111 receptions. I mean, he just – I mean, he was LSU's guy. And I, I think he was only the second most talented receiver on that team. I think Jamar Chase is a guy we'll be talking about this time oh, next yeah. year as a oh, top yeah. five pick. But uh, uh, They're set for wide receiver for the near future to come. So, I mean – Oh, my God, yeah. Yeah, they, they just I, think, I think Jeff, it. you know, and with the Eagles, you know, they – they had a lot of injuries at receiver last year. Alshon Jeffries on the wrong side of 30, and he can't stay healthy anymore. Same with yeah. Deshaun Jackson. You know, they took J.J. Arcega-Whiteside out of Stanford last year, and he – Just he, didn't do much with he it. He just didn't I mean, do much. You know, their most reliable pass catcher is Zach Ertz, and yes, uh, he's an excellent tight end, but, you know, they, they got to get a receiver. I think they're another team they could go corner here. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I think Justin Jefferson's the guy. That's what I would do. Yes. So, let's see. Next pick, 22, the Vikings. Yeah, and they got this obviously with the Stephon Diggs, tra- Stephon Diggs trade when they sent mm-hmm. him to Buffalo, which was that surprised me. I, I, I'm not gonna lie. So, I think they could go. Uh, I mean, I can't say how many times the Minnesota Vikings have taken a corner in the first round in a few years. You know, they took Trey Waynes from Michigan State a few years ago. They took Mike Hughes out of UCF. They took an Xavier Rhodes, and mm-hmm. none of those guys have really panned out. I think they could no. go corner here. Obviously, we you know talking about Stephon Diggs being traded, they could go receiver here, but because he fell. And because Everson Griffin, who has been their top pass rusher for the past few years, leaving, I think Clavion Chasen would be the guy in this scenario. I think it would be a fairly easy pick. And with another – you can make that pick because you have a pick a few – just three picks later at 25, and that's where you could try to get your corner or receiver. So, yeah, I mean, I think Chase, the, the thing that worries me about Chasen, and this is just coming from a Falcons fan who's had to deal with Vic Beasley these past few years, the, the speed and the athleticism is great, but he doesn't win with a lot else right now. Mm-hmm. And that was Beasley's biggest thing. And, you know, Beasley just didn't develop into much more than an athletic speed rusher. Yeah. And that that just, you know, you've got to develop a, a lot more pass rushing moves to be a number one, to be a Von Miller or a Khalil Mack. So I think he's good. I don't think he's I don't think he's great, but I think that's what the Vikings will do there. You so you pretty much have them kind of going for like a, a best available mentality. Yeah, in in that scenario. And I think they do need a defensive end because like I said, it's not their biggest need because they still have Daniil Hunter and you know they have Anthony Barr as well coming mm-hmm. off the edge. But you know, with Everson Griffin leaving and he's still a free agent, I think they could just take a value pick and take Chase and you know, having yeah. two first round picks. Yeah, that's a good pick. Um Let's see here. So number twenty three, I get the Patriots. This is this is pretty cool. So um, I think everybody knows. You know, Brady uh, left here recently for Tampa Bay. 
Uh, right now, Stidham's the main guy. They got Hoyer back as a, de- a decent, you know, backup. But, um, Forever a New England Patriot, Brian Yeah, Hoyer. yeah. And, you know, Hoyer, you know, a lot of people, you know, not to, not to get off on this uh, little tangent, but, um, I mean, there was a time there when he was with the he Browns. He was a solid starter, he man. He was going you know, to he, him. He, he, you know, he, I think, what, was it with the Browns that one year? Yes. He was pretty good. He was a good I, fantasy guy. Um, he was tough. Like, he got hurt being a tough guy. He's been in the league. I mean, the Patriots him. drafted him in, like, yeah. what, 2004? Four, five. Yeah, it's been a, right been around a while. in there when he come out of Michigan State, and you know, wow. Props to Brian Hoyer for getting that cash. Seriously, uh, but yeah, I, I think that they're going to surprise us here. Uh, I mean, they, to be honest with you, it could be, it could be them going best available, but I think for some reason they may end up going with uh, with the QB here, and I got them getting love out of Utah State. I think he's a. I mean, I know it's a questionable pick. I know. It's I just, crazy. I just, I just don't see it. I just don't. I, just... It, I think it could happen. I don't know. Well, I, no, I, I'm saying I think the pick could happen. It's just Jordan Love in general. I just, I don't, I don't get it. I, I, just, I, I do, I do. I, I think he's actually a good, good quarterback. I mean, I, I watched him. Share your uh, thoughts, please. Great, great arm. I think he's a great arm. He was in a, you know, a pass happy offense this past year. Um, obviously, he can run. <coughs> New England's been wanting to go more toward like a more mobile quarterback, and Tom Brady is not fitting that bill. They've been wanting that for a while. That's why I right. think they're, they're right now, like you're hearing all this hype about Stidham. Stidham can run a little bit. People kind of forget that a little right. bit. But Auburn, he was running a good little bit. I think they want a mobile guy, and I think that they get him right here. Um, I think they I can guess it's really, you know, just my thing, and this just goes back to the Josh Allen conversation I've had. At what point – and I didn't watch a ton of Utah State football. You know, I know mm-hmm. you're a Utah State guy and watching all their games and stuff. So, <laughs> but <laughs> – but I, at what point did you see him and say, "Damn, Jordan Love's gonna be a he should be a top ten first round NFL." I just, I just, I don't see it. I just he threw. No, a ton I mean, of um, yeah, yeah, he did. I mean, he did throw a ton of interceptions. But no, I mean, I actually watched a couple games this year. Um, I, I was in yeah, like, I mean, a, like a like a game, a pick 'em pool, and you know, of course, we you know you had to try to pick the you know um, you know who would win you know with the points and against and all that kind of stuff against the spread. Um, and so you know, I, I found myself watching some Utah State. You know football this year, and actually, really, he will be a first round pick. I, I, the thing is, I think if he slips a little bit past that could. Uh, t- tier, I think somebody I think will come up and get him. I think I don't think it's out of the realm of possibilities, man. Because I mean, with Phil, with Philip Rivers being there, I think the Colts could jump back in the first round to come and get him. But I think I was actually a, a you know as as much as I'm kind of downing on him a little bit, I was mm-hmm. actually about to take Jordan Love at 24. But I guess just oh, wow. you know, just for a second, going to stick with the Patriots at twenty three. But in terms of where they could go, I think they they need athletic edge rushers. You know, mm-hmm. I think Chasen would be a great pick if he were to be there. You if know, he were there. Yeah. I took him there. Now, don't get me wrong. If, if anybody better is there, I think they'll go best available. But yeah, honestly, it just kind of receivers on another is. thing because you know they took Nikhil Harry last year. He solid. I'm, I was a little bit higher on him than most, but mm-hmm. other than that, they don't really have a young, a lot of young talent there. That's where I think, you know, a Denzel Mims from Baylor, a Brandon Ayuk out of uh, Arizona State's a guy I'd watch there. T. Higgins from Clemson's a guy I'm not a big fan of, but I think he could go there. Uh, but And I think yeah. linebacker as well could be – I think they need a middle linebacker. Patrick they could. Queen from LSU could. No, like, yeah, Patrick, yeah, Patrick Queen, maybe, maybe Murray if he falls that far. But I mean, I already have him off the board. But yeah, I think it can happen. I don't think it's outside the realm of possibilities. But uh, number twenty-four, the Saints. Who you got them getting right here? Actually, you know, I, like I said, I was gonna have them take Jordan Love because I think Jordan Love would that would be the ideal scenario for mm-hmm. him because again, you have Drew Brees there for at least this year, maybe a couple, couple more years, and I think that'd be an ideal scenario. But him going to New England, that's obviously off the board. 
it pains me to say this as a Falcons fan, but I think top to bottom, I think they have the best roster in the NFL. There's just not a ton of weaknesses. So I think they could go best available here. I mean, if, Who would I would that probably, be? I think Patrick Queen from LSG. I, I think they do need a linebacker. I think that's probably their one need. Uh-huh. But, you know, they did sign Emmanuel Sanders to a one year deal, and they have Michael Thomas, who's one of the two or three best receivers in the NFL. But beyond yeah. that, you really don't have much. So they could go receiver here. I'm just – I'm struggling to really find out what what they need because, you know, their defensive line's ridiculously loaded. They have the Mm -hmm. best offensive line in the NFL. You have Alvin Kamara and Latavius Murray at back. You have a stacked secondary. It's just – the Saints are in a pretty good position. Which is why I could see them taking a guy like Jordan Love and maybe even moving up for him if need be. Uh, yeah, to make sure that, you know, Breeze, Breeze don't has, he doesn't have a whole lot of time. And I, I don't buy for one minute that they think Taysom Hill is the long-term answer. I like him as a player, though. I will say that. I don't think he's going to be a starting my favorite. Saint, I'll like say he's my player. favorite Saints player. Mm-hmm. Yes, and that's definitely. a hard thing to say. Definitely. So, um, so yeah. But, yeah, All Patrick right. Queen from LSU. Patrick would be Queen. And to that. All right, nice, nice. Yeah, I think that would be a good pick for them. Um, so, let's see here. Number 25, we got the Vikings again. And, uh, you picked um, Chasen earlier. I'm going to go with his teammate, Fulton. So, yep. Christian Fulton here. I think that's a great pick for them. Uh, cornerback, they needed that as well. Um, they can bring And it's that. just it's much better value, I think, even though it's only a few picks later because mm-hmm. you get to take Chasen, who I think is the second-best pass rusher in the class. Fulton's a guy I'm not particularly high on. I actually think Gladney from TCU is better. Mm-hmm. But I, I do think Fulton has some pretty good potential. And I, corners, they're probably their biggest need. So, I, yeah, I totally agree with you there. Yeah. So, yeah, that's who I got. A receiver is another thing to watch here because, you know, as we mentioned, Spock got traded. You know, Denzel Mims from Baylor is a guy I'd watch there as, as well as Ayuk from uh, Arizona State. I hope I'm pronouncing his name right. I really mm-hmm. don't know that I am. But. I don't really know it as well. So. <laughs> <laughs> Can't blame me too much on that one. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, that's who I got them getting. I think he fit it pretty well. They can bring that championship pedigree to Minnesota, help them maybe right. take that next step forward to making it to the Super Bowl and, you know. Take them as um, far as Kirk Cousins will let them. Exactly, exactly. So, <laughs> yep, that's who, that's who I got them getting. Now, who do you have uh, the Dolphins going with with their third pick here at 26? And see, this is interesting because in a lot of mock drafts I've done, I've had Delpit coming this far down, but uh-huh. with, I, I had uh, him going to the uh, Jaguars just a few picks ago. I think there's a lot of ways they could go here. I think running back, this could be where you get your first running back off the board. I think DeAndre Swift from Georgia, I do think is the best in the class. Mm-hmm. I'm actually going to go surprised just a little Ooh. bit. And I know I had them taking Josh Jones at offensive tackle earlier, and they did sign Eric Flowers. I still think they're going to need more offensive line help, and I think they're going to get the best interior offensive line in the class here with Cesar Ruiz from Michigan. Ooh. I think that's where they'll go with right here. Just to make sure, because with when you take her, I think you have to – 100% you know Man. make sure he's successful and protect him and the thing is they still have they have two more second round picks you can uh-huh. still find a running back there that's why I think they go rubies there and I, I don't think they'll go running back in the first round yeah I mean wow that's crazy so wait who do who do they have at center right now in Miami I see that's the thing I, I don't I don't know that they because really I know for a while they had Pouncey I don't know who they have you know at well, the see, moment. I, I'm I don't think he's there anymore yeah, wow, that's all, that's crazy. Man. I think you I, totally remake your offensive line there in round mm-hmm. one. And the thing is, you still have two second-round picks, so you could go yeah. pass rusher and running back in the second round. That's awesome. Wow. Yeah, because I, I feel like everybody, you know, thinks it's going to be a running back. You know, everybody, Yeah, I, and I, I every, and it's tempting there because you can mm-hmm. have your pick of the litter, but with, with Swift, Jonathan Taylor, yeah. J.K. Dobbins, or, who, you know, whoever. But, uh, yeah, I think they'll go Ruiz from Michigan. 
That's yeah, I think he's a great pick. Yeah, he was great coming out of high school. Um, yeah. you know, going to Michigan and you know, he's been great there. Um, that definitely because I had him going later on to a team that definitely needs a center. Um, and that's gonna switch things up for me right there. Yeah, a little bit. So yeah, uh so I'm next about up, surprises. Exactly. You gotta be on your toes <laughs> with these things. So number twenty seven, we got the Seattle Seahawks. Um originally <coughs> I, I'm I'm still gonna probably stick with this one here. Uh, just because I do think that they need help here um, still. Uh, they're great at, you know, quarterback, obviously. I think they got some decent, um, you know, running backs. Um, you know, well, they're Carson. a running back by committee team. I don't know. Yeah, they're gonna be so I don't I mean, think they know, have to go with a top dog. I think they were more dominant with when they had Marshawn Lynch as a top dog. But, mm-hmm. you know, they have Chris Carson. They, Rashad Penny. For some reason, took Rashad Penny a couple exactly. years ago. Exactly, so that's why I don't round. think they'll go with that here. Um, the wide receivers look all right. I think that they Yeah, got, DK Metcalf was – Dynamite last year. Hollister uh, stepped up. Uh, yeah, before Tyler that, Lockett's still a good option at receiver. Yeah, the, I mean, before they had, before he got injured, uh, who was it they had uh, at tight end? He got injured, but he was he was a good tight end before he was. Ah, uh, yeah, the name's not ringing a bell. Um, I can't remember off the top of my head, but yeah, they and but I think that they still have room to improve. They can either get better, um, you know, either on the defensive side of the ball or um, on the offensive line, and really. I think if if I have to go anywhere here, I don't know. I'm I'm kind of leaning more toward the offensive line, and I'm go, I'm going to go with um, Austin Jackson here from USC. Yeah, so, and I, I think that could definitely be the pick. That's who I'm going to go with. I think that they still do need help, but the best edge guy I got right now. I just don't know if he really fits their scheme of things. So uh, that's the reason that I'm going with Austin Jackson here. They still need help on the offensive line. Um, I think the Seahawks will trade back as well. Yeah, they they've, they've they never really held could. their pick, uh, yeah. you know, in the Pete Carroll era. They've never stayed put. So I definitely think they'll try to move back because they don't have a lot of picks later on in the draft. Mm-hmm. So I think the Seahawks will be a team that can move back. But if they do stick there, I think offensive line's a possibility. I think they do need an edge rusher. You know, Jadavion Clowney is still a free yeah. agent, and they just don't have a ton of young pass rushers right now. And mm-hmm. that's crazy to say because the Seahawks used to just have the pass yeah. rushers, man. So just keep them on uh, I think offensive line or pass rush will be the pick here. Yes. So, uh, let's see. So, who do you have at 28 for uh, the Ravens? Baltimore. Yes. So, I I think they get a little bit of a value pick here, and I think they'll go with Mm -hmm. A.J. Epineza out of uh, Iowa. I think he'll go there, and I think he – I'm a lot higher on him than most. I think production matters a lot more to me than combine results, and he had a dreadful NFL combine. I mean, he ran a five-flat 40. Uh, mm-hmm. He only had 17 bench press reps. He didn't have a very good vertical jumping for a top tier pass rush in the NFL. Those are not the traits you want. Yeah. But I think going to a place where he's surrounded by guys like Calais Campbell, Michael Pierce, he's going to be well coached. I think Epinesa will be a. I think he'll be a good player. I don't think he'll ever be an All Pro player, but I think he'll be a very good player. And I think they could go linebacker here, but with Queen and Murray off the board, I don't know where you really go there. Uh-huh. I think receivers another position they could go. Um, but I, I think uh, that I think they'll take up as it. Yes. Uh, yeah, I definitely agree. That's the best value here. That's like the only five-star um, play that I've seen Iowa get, like, in my yeah. lifetime, I want to say. So, yeah, like, he, you know, he was great coming out of high school. He had all the measurables and everything, so I definitely think that he can. Well, and he's been very productive, and that's just uh-huh. something I value. I mean, he's had double-digit sacks the last two years, and when you watch him play – he just plays at a different level than say he tests that. So I, yeah, it's gonna be I, a I good still, pick. I think, I think, I still think he'll be a good NFL player. Yeah, and that's a great place for him to fall there too. Um, yeah, for sure. Number number twenty nine, the Tennessee Titans. Um, I looked at this roster. I was looking. Um, obviously, they're good at running back. 
uh, the quarterback, they found out who they need there. The offensive line seems to be pretty good there. Um, and I don't think they'll get anybody at offensive line at this spot that could really even, you know, put them over the edge here. Well, I, just see I think they, they could reach for one, though. They could. And if they do, I think I know who that is. And, uh, I, you know, I may, may have a last change of heart here in a second. But um, but let's see. So, I want to wide receiver about the same person, too, because I haven't yes. taken an offensive tackle in all my drafts. Yes. So, uh, let's see. So, wide receiver, I think they've done good. Um, you know, that Corey Davis can still take some leaps. Um, was yeah. it A.J. Brown? He went – He was, A.J. Brown was very tank. good. Um, so, I mean, I, I think that they're good. I, if anything, I could see them kind of going toward uh, the defensive side of the ball or maybe going, like you said, maybe offensive line. And yeah. now that you're kind of mentioning it, um, you know, I know they lost Conklin. Um, yeah. So, I'm, I'm going I'm to change it up. I'm, I'm, you, you kind of swayed me a little bit on this. I'm going to have them – Pulling my boy Isaiah Wilson that's, from that's Georgia who, right yeah. here. That's who I think they'll take too. So yeah, he's he's a run, he's a run first guy because he is just a he's a run dominant guy. And obviously they hand the ball to Derrick Henry fifty times a game. Mm-hmm. So that, I think he's just kind of tailor made for them. I would be surprised if it's not an offensive tackle or corner for the Titans. That's that's what I was going to go if I didn't go with him. So mm-hmm. yeah, and you know early on I thought maybe edge rusher. I, they did sign uh, my man Vic Beasley in free agency. I. I've lived that experiment. He cannot be your number one pass rusher. Mm-hmm. I think they could go that way. But I'll, I'll be very surprised if it's not an offensive tackle or corner, just from everything I'm reading. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I think that's a great pick for them. Uh, number 30, the Packers. Yeah, I think this is all going to be about giving Aaron Rodgers more weapons because just the past few years, uh, you know, outside of Devontae Adams, they've just not had a reliable threat. Um, and I think right here is, is where I w- – I'm gonna. I'm just giving off what I think will happen, and just in terms of the board, I think they'll go with a TCU Jalen Rieger right here at receiver. Mm-hmm. Okay. He's a speedster guy. He's not. I think he's a bit overrated, and I, I personally think a guy like Lavisca Chenault is better. I'm a big Lavisca. Yeah, Chenault guy. he's good. I, I, I would take him here. I think he's gonna fall a little bit due to injuries, and he didn't test well at the combine. He's good. And a lot of people hold. You know, that's the only thing people have to go off of with no pre-draft workouts or visits. So mm-hmm. I think the combine is gonna be a big factor more than it maybe usually is. But yeah. I think a guy like Jalen Rieger will be there. Um, I, that's all really receivers, all I've seen really mocked and talked about to the Packers just because yeah. you look outside of Devontae Adams, you know, Marquez Valdez, Scantling is okay. He's okay. You know, the, uh, Alan Lazard is okay. And yeah. I think they could, there's not a tight end worthy of taking in the first mm-hmm. round this year. No. I think I don't, I don't know that you'll see a tight end come off to the later half of round two. Yeah. Um, but I, I think they'll go receiver there. It, it could be Rieger from TCU. Like I said, Chenault. Could be Rieger. the Mims. Yeah, Denzel Mims, uh, T. Higgins from Clemson. But I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I've just seen a lot of people say – a lot of Rieger to uh, Green Bay talking. I think yes. that's what will happen. Okay. Uh, number 31, I did have uh, Cesar Ruiz going here. I think he'd be the perfect – I think this would be yeah. the perfect landing spot for him. He could go to a Super Bowl contending team right away, plug and play, right there but sadly he got taken so I, I think that they can I think honestly they should be considering trading up to get this guy because they, they actually really do need well, him. And, you know this is I was actually going to say this is if I have to make a guarantee in the draft San Francisco trades this pick to go back because they don't have a second third or fourth yeah. round pick and so it's okay. they they do have a couple of needs I think they could go corner here that's uh, where I obviously you haven't announced your pick yet but I will say I guarantee – I can almost guarantee you San Francisco moves back. Yeah, so uh, if they don't go back, 
I think that they will go right here with uh, Trevon Diggs from Alabama. That's who I have them going with. Yeah. So that's that's my pick. And I'm not think, the biggest Trevon right. Diggs fan. I, mm-hmm. I think he is very overrated, and I, I I think he's more of a late second round. I think he'll get picked higher than he's. He needs I think to be. this will probably yeah because he he did play at Alabama, and again the physical mm-hmm. traits. He's six one. 210 pounds and he's he's fast and that's yeah. just and that's NFL corners today and you know you see NFL teams all the time you know mm-hmm. that we can coach him up they'll just they'll talk themselves into anything just about I, yeah. I personally think he's overrated but again I, I think they need a corner so I think they could do that but again I guarantee you they trade back I think you're right uh so let's see last pick of the first round pick or the first round How, who are you gonna go with here I, uh, I think again a corner here is a very good possibility and I think with the way this draft, a lot of the times I've had DeAndre Swift going here just as a pure value pick is just, and that would be totally unfair. You know, they they have mm-hmm. the best oh, player in the NFL and Patrick Mahomes. You uh-huh. have Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, McCole Hardman. That would be unfair beyond reasoning. Yes. But I think with the way the board fell, I think Jeff Gladney from TCU, the DB. I think he's my third okay. corner. I think he could go. I think he'll go much earlier than this. But the way the board fell. I think, you know, if he were to be sitting there, I think A.J. Terrell from Clemson is another guy he could. to watch. Um, but I think Jeff Gladney would be the pick there. But uh, the, the Chiefs are in good position. I think they're another team that can move back because they don't have a lot of later picks. And they, they do need – the main thing I think they need is just depth. Uh, yeah. And I think, but I think they need a starting caliber corner in this draft. Definitely. Um, so, yeah, I think that's a great pick for them there. I, like you said, I think that if they did end up choosing to go Swift, I couldn't really – say anything bad about that, you know, because I I don't think they need it. They just How want the Super Bowl. How would that be? Yeah, I mean, you just want the Super Bowl. <laughs> and Damian I mean, Williams is pretty good, but it's just like – If you get him, if you get – Yeah, that's Swift, what I'm saying. It's just it's, – it's It really is. It's like the Warriors, you know, these past – And it's just <laughs> so you're just years. in such a great position to make a value pick because, you know, Mahomes is still on his rookie year contract. He hasn't yeah. signed an extension yet. You could really just upload – really front load this roster and just – yeah. That offense is already unbelievable. Isn't you know, it? now that you know, the more we keep talking about it, the more I'm, I'm thinking they actually do go with him. I think well, that, actually, I, the only reason I went with DB there is because yeah. Gladney fell there. Otherwise, yeah, yeah I, I was going to pick Swift there, but with Gladney Jeez. there, yeah, yeah. If they, uh, the more I think about it, I think they actually might end up just, just doing it, and then mm-hmm. you know, like running it back. I think they can run it for a while if they keep that core intact. So. Yeah, well, that wraps up our first round mock draft there. I'm glad we were able to do that. Uh, so, before we go, I know that we, uh, you know, as I end most of these podcasts, we normally give some movie rec- recommendations out there to the people uh, during this time of quarantine, you know, staying shelter in place. Um, you know, I find myself watching a good bit of movies. So, um, yeah. I'll let you kind of start it off. What's a movie that you, you would recommend to people to, uh, to give a shot at? So I was a little skeptical of it. I know it's pretty highly regarded, but you know mm-hmm. I'm I'm not much for uh, foreign films or films with subtitles. But I hundred percent everybody needs to watch Parasite. Oh, wow. I, I saw it one Best Picture, uh-huh. and so that kind of won me over. And like I said, I'm yeah. not much into foreign films or films with subtitles, but I watched it, and I don't think it should have. There were other movies I liked better this year. Like I think uh-huh. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was better. I think The Joker was better. Yeah, that was good. Some other movies, but I. It's on Hulu. If you have Hulu, yep. check Parasite out. It's well worth it. Exactly, yes. Um, yeah, I've, I've heard a, quite a good bit about it. This was, you know, they they went ham. Oh, wait, this, I've this, seen something that you Oscars. haven't? Yeah, I haven't seen it yet. 
I'm I shocked. I, I figured yeah. you would like just completely back me right there. Uh, because... I have not. I haven't seen it. So I mean, <laughs> I, I, I got to watch it. I have Hulu, so it's definitely up there. It's on my oh, you watch got list. You, I've been trying to watch some um, some older stuff here recently. Um, so and then that that leads me into my recommendation. See, um, I have too, because actually, just the other night I watched ba- the original Vacation for the first time. Okay. All right. Chevy Chase. You know, I've I've always been a big Christmas Vacation guy, but I watched yeah. the original. Yeah, the night and it, it was it was pretty funny. So yeah, yeah, those are always um you know get me chuckling. Um, but the movie I just I actually just watched it last night. Um, I, my coworker Zach Smith he recommended these to me. Shout out to him. Um, right. he recommended uh, Apocalypse Now. I've I've actually watched like bits and pieces of it in the past, just never gave it a full watch through. Um, but he recommended me watch the movie and then afterwards watch the uh, the documentary about it. Um, The Hearts mm-hmm. of Darkness is what it's called. And um, really, really cool, you know, Francis Ford Coppola, um, you know, directing it. Uh, same guy that did The Godfathers, my favorite you know, right. movie series. So, you know, had to had to give this, you know, a good, you know, good look through. Uh, great acting in it, you know, a lot yeah, of familiar faces. Like I was telling you, like, before the show, I wa- and I'll have to maybe go back and watch it because I did watch it when I was, I think, maybe a freshman in high school. Mm-hmm. That was when I watched and I've, that's yeah. the only time I've ever seen it. And it's just, you know, that's just not you appealing to younger me. And it's, like it's just very kind of slow prodding. And it's just, you know, when you watch, you know, as I know you're a big Godfather fan, as am I. Oh, you watch you know. Marlon Brando and The Godfather, and then it's just, it's a little different. He's obviously mm-hmm. very different in Apocalypse now. And then, he really is. Yeah. So. Yeah, like, um... It was very good, you know, like you just said, Marlon Brando, um, Martin Sheen, Harrison Ford, you know, played a role in this. Robert Duvall. Robert Duvall. Yes, Robert Duvall went ham in this. Uh, Robert, Fishburne, that, Robert Duvall is the best character. In that yes, movie. he is. Yeah, Robert Duvall was a fun character. I never thought I would see him act like that in my life, but sure enough, oh, sure it, it's crazy. Um, probably my favorite series um, of scenes in the film was, you know, in, involving him. Yeah. That, they, they were, it was just fun. Um, very well put together. Um, I watched the documentary here today, and um, See, that, you know, I haven't it, seen that yet either. It, it was decent; like it kind of takes you through it. Like basically, everything was against this guy. Everything was against mm-hmm. Coppola, you know, doing this. Um, you know, they they went and filmed this in the Philippines, now Vietnam. Right. But during that time, there was like kind of like a civil war going on, so he was having to uh, deal with all that going on. They were borrowing helicopters from the local, you know, military, and they would have to come and go. So they would have to delay things. A tsunami, like a, a typhoon hit. So that mm-hmm. wiped out uh, like all of his production sets and everything. But, um, you know, it, it's crazy what he went through and, and, you know, it ended up being a pretty good success for him. You know, obviously it's oh, yeah, together sure. by Godfather and everything, but he, he put up the money for this. Like he, mm-hmm. he was the one that put his money into this. He was, he was fully in on it. Um, Marlon Brando, uh, fun fact about him, he got paid a million dollars a week for three weeks to come and just be a part of the movie. And he really didn't even play, you know, two years. Well, that's the thing is that, you know, and I'm not going to, don't want to play spoiler, but, you know, he, I, over, I mean, is, is he even in that movie for 20 total minutes? He's not, he's not in it all. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't it's only so. toward the end, and, but he's mentioned. And that was like, something that bummed me out about the movie, just, you know, and because I watched it right after, it was shortly after I watched The Godfather. Yeah. And it was just like, you expect more and then he's not hardly in the movie no and um you know he did do good in it you know he had some really cool stuff in here like the acting was very good yeah um originally it was supposed to be harvey cottel and not martin sheen playing the lead character um so that was interesting they had to get rid of him mid you know filming that would have been an improvement yeah so um you know it, it was it was it was a pretty cool little movie i enjoyed it um only had like it only had like one questionable kind of um you know part of the movie to me that i didn't really care for it was like uh where they go to the french uh this french house where they kind of have their own little setup 
I just thought that was more of like a kind of political thing, like, um, you know, kind of talking about how America shouldn't have gotten involved in the war, all this kind of stuff. Like, I, I didn't really have to do with that. It didn't really have much to do with yeah. the movie itself, like the whole plot. So I uh, didn't care for that. But most part, pretty good movie. Uh, some fun scenes in it. Great acting. It, I didn't really get too bored with it. The only time I got bored was the French part. So, um, but yeah, uh, definitely recommend it to you. Three hour movie. So set aside some time if you guys are going to watch it. But yeah. Uh, so as of tonight, though, so we're, this podcast is going on Sunday, April 19th. We have the MJ documentary coming on ESPN at 9 o'clock. I know Jackson and myself will probably be watching that, so now yeah. I will be talking I mean, about I've that. been looking forward to it almost like a real sporting event because it's, it's all it's, we have. It's all we got. That and then the draft this week. I told, I told my girlfriend, I was like, hey, um, only time I'm going to be able to really um, you know, see you is like Monday through Wednesday this week yeah. because yeah, I was like Thursday well, see, and Sunday. You know, that, that's funny because you know, they're actually, you know, for all you draft nerds out there like myself monday mm-hmm. tuesday wednesday and thursday morning they're replaying first rounds of old drafts oh wow on espn you know they're doing the 1989 draft uh tomorrow night they're doing i, I forget which days they're doing 2005 2014 and 2017 so wow. you, get, you get to watch a lot of the uh, older picks and you know go back yeah. and see what you think and I actually i actually watched them the other day uh because it's kind of stuff i do uh-huh. the 2018 and 19 first rounds are fully up on youtube with no commercials go check them out oh wow there you if, go if you're in need of draft content yes yeah, so yeah so we're gonna be watching that tonight i'll be talking about For that sure. you know throughout my future um you know podcast episodes it's gonna be fun i'm looking forward to it. i know my dad is you know he's a big you know mj guy mj believer i, yeah, I mean yeah. i myself i'll pay respect to him you know everybody knows i'm yeah. a big lebron guy i pay respect to jordan jordan's still the greatest right now i just think you know how i think about it in my terms is Oh, some of the done. funnest times, you know, we had working together was, was talking basketball. Yeah, and then, you know, the, the first thing, one of the first things you asked me when I got there and started working for you is, who's the go, MJ or LeBron? I don't think I've ever made an employer more proud when I said yeah. LeBron. Anybody yeah. I've ever worked with. I thought, I think And it's I, not I that we think he is right now. Here. It's just when it's all said and done, I think, you know, we think that he's going to be the guy. Because right now, you, I think you have to kind of give that respect to MJ – you know, and of course, we're going to learn more about it tonight. This is interesting. Oh, yeah. And, and the I, thing is, it's what, 10 parts? Yeah. So two parts of it are tonight, and then it's going to go through 2 2 2 every Sunday from, you know, until it's done. So um, it's going to be fun. It, it will. And, you know, there's been some, you know, information leaks. I know ESPN uh, said that, um, you know, MJ had the rights to this footage, and he just decided, like, he had it yeah, for a long time. Cavs were doing their championship parade, Championship right? parade. So, it was kind of you know everything at once, the success of the Warriors and everything. And, mm-hmm. I, I honestly, I think he was starting to get worried about being overshadowed and stuff. Yeah, like so I, I think, think so. Time to... And I think it's time for everybody to take a look at it because we oftentimes – we have this um, recency bias, you know. So, it, it, right, it'll right. be good to just kind of see some stuff from, from you know, old point of view. But – but, yeah, before, before we, uh, you know, end this thing, Jackson, do you have anything you kind of want to say? Do you have any uh, Twitter handles, Instagram things? Um, no, you know? I mean, just, you know, follow what me. What about your page regular... on Fansided, right? Uh, you know, go, go check out my stuff on Fansided. You know, if you follow me on Twitter or Instagram, uh, they're, they're both just my names, mm-hmm. so just ja- at Jackson Caldwell. But, you know, I post them there. It means the world to me. Uh, if, if y'all would go check them out, you know, yeah. like I said, I'm just kind of starting this thing out and I'm trying to get some feedback and everything. And I appreciate uh, Tyler having me on and all that. And it's just, it's been great to catch you. Cause you know, that we, we, you know, being, uh, not working together, you know, you kind of yeah. sometimes catching up and stuff. And then mm-hmm. this has just been great to do that. But oh, I love it. If y'all go check out my, uh, fan side of stuff, I, I, I try to write out two, three new articles a day and, uh, and try to have them, uh, up and, going by the next day and you know obviously 
subscribe to this podcast. It's been a blast. Thank you. Thank you, sir. So yeah, and you said it's just Jackson. It's your, it's your name. Yeah. Just add Jackson. Okay. Caldwell, Jackson Caldwell. Uh, just, yeah, that'd be it. Nice. Nice. So uh, yeah, thank you for having, or thank you for coming on today. And um, you know, it was, it was a blast and you know, we'll definitely have to get together sometime in the future, but, um, but yeah, oh, so sure, this is sure. the end of this podcast. Thank you guys for listening. You can subscribe to us on uh, Spotify or Apple podcast, and you can follow us on Twitter at the TGL podcast. Thank you guys for listening and we'll see you again soon.